This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. And we listen to your feedback. And we got the memo. Ricky, Ricky's off the podcast. That's it. He's done. Goodbye, Ricky. Bye-bye. Adios. His hot takes were too much to His handle. His hot takes were too hot. They, they burned him. They burned him alive. Uh, actually, he's doing the fantasy football live stream yeah. right now. The fantasy draft uh, that you can probably watch right now on our YouTube if you put it up. Uh, but he'll be back next week to much of your chagrin. Uh, but we are glad to have Ricky on this podcast and back. Uh, and before we jump into the rankings of the starting centers for the 2018-2019 season, we will go into our housekeeping. Don't forget to check out patreon.com slash podcast. Ricky and Dave just did an awesome Patreon segment with Z. Unfortunately, yep. I've been missing Z's Patreon segments for the past. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. Two months while well, I was in you and your job Nashville. Oh, that's true. The previous month, and then I was at my job yesterday. Yeah. Um. So shout out to Z. Uh, love you, buddy. Um. And also, you can uh, be a patron if you check out Patreon.com/slash/MostValuablePodcast. You can be at that ten dollars tier, or you could check out the weird Patreon podcast that Ricky and Dave did in August because I heard it's fucking weird. It is. Um, it's for September or is it for August? <laughs> it's August. Okay. Cool. Well, we got to record September. Yeah, well, we'll do. We'll do September. Uh. And then also check out MostValuablePodcast.com so you don't miss any segments or full podcasts or articles. Also on that website, you can check out the shop where you can buy. MVP t-shirts and finally please rate us five stars on iTunes I think we are at like 30 or so so 37 wow. or so right now <laughs> good. Like a 4.5 star rating um, head over there and, and get us to 40 we'd appreciate hitting that 40 mark Absolutely. It'd, be, it'd be awesome but Dave let's jump into our rankings if you're new here we're going to go 30 through 21 then 20 through 11 and then 10 through 1 if you're new here but let's jump in at 30, we have JaVale McGee, now of the Los Angeles Lakers. At 29, we have Cody Zeller of the Charlotte Hornets. At 28, we have Marcin Gortat, now of the Los Angeles Clippers, because yeah. DeAndre Jordan is gone, and he was traded for uh, the coach's son. Then at 27, we have Tristan Thompson, still of the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> at 26, we have Dwayne Dedman of the Atlanta Hawks. At 25, we have Brooke Lopez of the now Milwaukee Bucks. I was going to say Brooklyn Nets, yeah. but that was years ago. At uh, 24, we have Willie Cauley-Stein of the Sacramento Kings. At 23, we have Jared Allen of the Brooklyn Nets. At 22, we have Jonas Valanciunas of the Toronto Raptors. And finally, at 21, this one might be controversial. Oh. Probably won't be the starting center, but it's more fun to talk about him than uh, Robin Lopez. <laughs> it's Wendell Carter Jr. at 21. And Dave, let's start off there. The Probably the, the, the most fun player to talk about, probably the only one we actually want to talk about, Wendell Carter Jr. at 21. Is it too high for a guy that might not even be starting? Uh, uh Yeah, but at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, I look at him and it's, what do you think he can do? And he put up a monster summer league. Like, he looked by far like the best center in that draft class, which is saying a lot considering, you know, there's another center who we haven't mentioned yet who's clearly above him, so who went above him in the draft as well. I don't know. I, I think that... He is a unique kit, and I think that we're going to see a lot out of him. I think it's going to be a very quick turn between Robin Lopez and he at the starting center role, but they're both going to play about the same minutes regardless. So I, I figure mm -hmm. let's go for the guy who actually has all this upside. Robin Lopez might be in a trade discussion you know, soon into the season. He also hates mascots. Yeah. That's about his only upside is he, he gets in fights with mascots everywhere we go. That's the thing is with most of these centers is they're just boring. 
Like Jonas, we were Yikes. talking about this earlier. Like Jonas Valanciunas and Nikola Vucevic. Vucevic is in the next segment. Uh, but we're like, <laughs> what's the difference between them? Because they're like the same player. Uh, we look at Willie Cauley Stein, and, and Willie Cauley Stein's been the same player since he was like his rookie year. Like he hasn't gotten extremely better. I wanted like, him lat- to, but like, he's not. <laughs> last year he was twenty five. He's twenty four now. There's yeah. no difference between Willie Cauley Stein. Um, we look at Jared Allen, and Jared Allen. There's potential there, but also he's just kind of very like. You know, Willie Cauley Stein might be a better rim protector I respect you know, later on, but I feel like Jared Allen is just going to turn into guys above him, like you know Hassan Whiteside, and like <laughs> Hassan Whiteside isn't even that much higher. Like Not none anymore. of these centers are like sexy at all. Where with are Wendell, you telling me Cody Zeller doesn't just bring God. just ooze sex appeal to you? With Wendell Carter Jr. though, you have someone who could do multiple things. Yeah, he's not only just a guy that can be a rim protector; he can be a guy that can step out, um, you know, and guard fives that stretch the floor. And, he can guard fours that stretch he, he, the floor. He exactly. Can guard th- no, not threes. But, but he's maybe. a guy. He's a guy that's versatile defensively, where yeah. most of the guys really aren't. They're just rim protectors. True. You look at him as a rebounder. He's going to be as good as a rebounder, most likely, as any of these other guys. And you look at the offensive end. He's probably a better passer than all the guys below us. Maybe Valanciunas. Tunis and Burke Lopez, but outside yeah. of that, and, and Gortat too, because Gortat's a pretty good passer. Stuff. Gortat was decent, um, but he was heavy system in that pack and roll with John Wall. So I don't know without John Wall what he's going to be able to do. But Wendell Carter Jr., he's probably the best passer in 21 through 30. And you look yeah. at three point shooting, he's probably also the best three point shooter. I mean, Brooke Lopez. Maybe Brooke Lopez. Yeah. I was going to say that, but even don't then, it's like away. one and a half made on 4.4 attempts, where it's like 34%. Yeah. And honestly, Wendell Carter might be able to surpass that yeah. because I don't think people are going to guard him like too crazily outside. No, I mean, we've got um, other threats. Thankfully, yeah. like our team is just full of shooters now. So he might end up being the best three point shooter on this on this list. That's why he's that high. And it's it's not too crazy when we rationalize it. It's just crazy because he might not be the starter. Yeah. And I think it might also be crazy not to start him because, yes, Robin Lopez is there and you want to get as much trade value for him. Yeah. But again, you can get a lot of guys like Robin Lopez where Wendell Carter Jr.'s max potential is. Again, the max potential mm-hmm. they could possibly hit is a guy that's in the top 10. In oh, absolutely. So absolutely. That, I, was, that was a comparison coming into the NBA draft. I'm glad you mentioned his name because I, I attached heavily to that. I'm like, as soon as we were you know, talking draft talk, we looked at his skill set. We saw what he was able to do in college covering up for a, a certain player You know, he had to play next to who may – bit more of the shine, a bit more of the spotlight on a Marvin Bagley. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you look at what he could do on his own and you the, the flow of the game, defensively, what he could make up for. Like, There's nothing to really hate on him for. Like, I only see upside. Yes, he's, his game's not perfect. He's super young. He will get better. But like, there's so many things to love about him coming into the league that I think we actually nailed it. I think 20 is... 21 is... Wait, 20? 21. 21. 21 is the right spot for him. I absolutely... I believe in that. And even then, I think you could even possibly make the case that he's better than, you know, possibly Hassan Whiteside. I mean, also, I did rank him at 21, just to... Did you? <laughs> yeah. Congrats, Dave. <laughs> I, put him in, I put him at 20. We were all very... I, mean, I put right him at 20. in the same pack. You I put mean, him at 21. Because that's the thing. Like, you Ricky look at, put him at 22. Yeah, you mentioned the center position, and, like, same with every position. You've got your guys who are, like, just starter roster slot. They're, they're, they're starters, but they're not anything special. And at center, it really is... It's crunched together further at the bottom of the barrel because... They don't do a ton to distinguish themselves. Like, I look at the guys you mentioned, you know, you're a rim protector, you're a rebounder. What else can you do for me? Those are the only, like, we we see a lot of that. JV is the guy right behind him who I think that it might be a slight to him, but at the same time, like, 
he has never gotten the chance to be like a spotlight in the offense. Like we're hoping Nick Nurse will be able to get some more time out of him. Mm-hmm. Definitely give him more time on the court to show what he can do because he's had good stretches. I just feel like the offense was never, and I get it. You don't build an offense for your center at this point in the NBA, but you never gave him a chance to succeed. Really, he was in there for short minutes. He he was able to score. He was able to rebound, but he was always being switched out on, mm-hmm. uh, mostly because of the defensive end. But he he's a decently uh, good offensive player, and that's that's I just kind of look at that. I'm like, there's a chance he jumps this year. But you're 100 percent right though about his usage in that that offense. Yeah. Because you look since 2013 to 2014, 8.3 field goal attempts per games, 8.2, 8.9, 8.8, 8.9. He's yeah. not ever. You know, he's barely increasing his, his shot attempts per game, and per, for the past three years, it's been exactly the same um, per game. Like he, he's not getting a huge, you know, front of the offense, and I don't think it's really going to change because you're adding Kawhi Leonard, who probably deserves more of the ball in his hands. Kyle Lowry is, you know, kind of fading off. He's transitioning. I would yeah. say fading. I'd say transitioning well, yeah, into tran- more of a traditional point. Transitioning and fading from a front role yeah. to to more of a back role. But even then, like Danny Green, I think OG Anubi is going to get a step up as well. Serge Ibaka on that second unit might even get more of a, a shine than a Valanciunas is because still Valanciunas is like that fourth option in that offense. Now with, you know, Kawhi, Kyle Lowry. Uh, OG, who we put in there, yeah. Danny Green. Like maybe I put him over Danny Green because he can do a little bit more, um, yeah. especially adding his three point shot that he did last year. He can win uh, some mismatches down low too. Mm-hmm. Still, like he's not he's not super soft in the paint. So, yeah, I think he's just in a weird spot where with the Raptors, I don't know, you know, usage wise, is if we'll see that increase or if we'll see the steady eight point something, you know, shots a game and decent numbers and limited minutes because like you said Serge Ibaka is going to demand some playing time. I know we talked about him potentially being a six man or a a center actually going into the season potentially depending on if they want to go with a smaller lineup that's a little bit quicker on the court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing is like you look at the center position and there's there's a huge difference between what these guys can do. You have your superstars in here. You have your Anthony oh, Davises, you have your uh Joel Embiid's, you have your uh Nicole Jokic's, DeMarcus Cousins, uh Rudy Gobert, they Anthony all Towns. do something different. Yeah, you have your stars yeah. in this 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 uh lineup or whatever. Um but then you look at the guys below like Wendell Carter, like Valachunas, Allen, Stein, Lopez, Deadman, Tom uh, Thompson, Gortat, Zeller, McGee. I don't think there's much differentiating them because, you know, Valanciunas, like you mentioned, he's good offensively, but there's a lot. He's not great defensively at yeah. all. Um, and you look at Willie Cauley-Stein. He's just a guy that's extremely athletic, but really hasn't been able to put that towards a basketball aspect. And that's even because he's not really worked into the offense that much. And the Kings are fair, good the Kings are the Kings. So, like, you don't... <laughs> well, it's, it's tough to be a great rim protector when the defense is terrible around you. Yeah, no, that's true. He, he's good in uh, fast break situations because of that athleticism. He can keep up on the fast breaks. Um, but again, like, he's a guy who, you know, potentially... He's holding down the fort right now in the position, but he could lose the role. I mean, we're we're all uh, not we're all Kings fans. I think are expecting a lot out of Harry Giles, uh, who could potentially be a center for them. Marvin Bagley taking the four, Scale bouncing between two. Like there's, they've got options. They I think they've got like three centers to be honest. And you look at Scale too. I mean, Scale's gotten jacked now. So I mean, you you have three young guys. Um, Also, Papianis was supposed to be their uh, was supposed to be their their future center, and he gone. Uh, But you look at, again, Giles, Scale, and uh, Bagley, Cauley Stein's light's fading. And really, yeah. the only reason we and have him in there is coming up, too. Yeah, and the only reason we have him in there is because he's really the only like veteran presence they have in the lineup, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. weirdly enough. Because you have Darren Fox, you have Buddy Heald, you have 
uh, Bogdanovich, yep. and then you have uh, Bagley. He's the most tenured, I think, Kings player on the roster. And you know the sad thing is, is he really shined coming off that boogie trade. Like He looked ready to take the, take the role and be the lead on that uh, offense, and he was popping off right after the trade. I think he had like the two weeks after the trade, he was putting up like 21 and 11 or something stupid. Like he was having monster games. It's like, we don't even need Boogie. What are you talking <laughs> about? What? He's our boy. And then it's just like, no, he came back down to reality. But, you know, is, is the question, you know, can he do more for you or is he going to be worth a contract next year? Uh, I don't know. That That's why he's in this situation. Like Jared Allen is a young kid and I think that he absolutely can jump out of this group because what we can see out of him, I think he can do uh, obviously the rim protector role very well. He yeah. can rebound well. But I think the thing with him is I think his shot's going to keep getting a little further, a little further, a little further. I think offensively he'll get there. I think he's got good enough foot speed to guard guys out on the perimeter. So I, I'm I'm a little higher on the nets, though, than most people are like as a whole. So mm-hmm. that might be swaying my opinion on Jared Allen. But with Allen, I, I was big on him, too, when, yeah. we were, when he was coming out of the draft. And I saw enough out of him so far. But he's still a guy that needs a lot of work. He needs playing time, period, right now, but too. I also think he still needs work. Like, there still oh, yeah. needs, needs to be a lot of tweaking to get him to a position where, he, like, I'm going to be locked in as him as my center for, of the future. Right. I mean, even then, I don't know what that ceiling is. I don't think he's, he's a top 10 guy. Like, I don't think he's ever going to be touching our top 10 yeah. rankings. Could he be, you know, 15? Yeah, for sure. I think he can be a guy that, you know, can be a good rim protector, can be good in switches um, from time to time, and he could do enough off- offensively and be mm-hmm. a good rebounder. Um, but you, you look at guys like, you know, Andre Drummond, if they're good rebounders and good rim protectors, they still don't even get enough to even get in the top 10 every now and Spoilers. then. Spoilers. I don't even, he might have gotten in the top 10. Uh, but it, it, like last year, <laughs> uh, Drummond wasn't in the top 10. Yeah. Um, and, and it's nothing to where, like, you you need to be able to be that next level That's player. True. And I don't think Allen has that ability to be that next level player because he's, you know, really thin right now. He's still, you know, not really a jacked guy. Um, and even f- with that, he's not that next level athlete that you see in a guy like Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid. Um, I mean, Jokic isn't really a next level athlete. He's any, literally any, the opposite. Any the man's like the eating McDonald's and drinking cola all day. But he's just he's just got something special to him where these guys, True. and not to be dicks about it, they don't really have that much special to no, them. No, and that, I think it's weird because we talk about baseball is always you know the five tool player, and I think no position in basketball demands a, a variety of tools than center. Like I feel like in order to stand out, you have to bring something special to the game and like like you said mentioning you know the jesus the passing ability of someone like Jokic to be a mm-hmm. floor general at the center position truly unique the the dominance of rudy gobert's defense where it's above and beyond a rim protector where the impact is seen team-wide and they're one of the best defensive teams yeah. in the league like these guys are you know we talked about the three younger ones in the set or the four younger guys in the section but you look at a brooke lopez a guy who has dropped off from his nets days you know, last year, obviously a disappointing year. Um, actually, he basically lost his role to a small ball yeah. five and Julius Randle, who did great. But, like, you know, Brooke Lopez is out there to stand far away from the net because he can't rebound anyway and <laughs> take some shots every once in a while because he's a good shooter. But, like, his foot speed's awful. He can't yeah. he can't go anywhere on a pick and roll. He can't defend that. Uh, Dwayne Dedman's a guy who, you know, he's – I feel like he's a, just a statically, like – He's not good, but he's not bad. I want to say average, but he's clearly below average in our starting ranking. So I don't know. I I think 
yes, he is adding a three-point shot, which is interesting, but I haven't seen enough of him to move him up yet. Deadman? Yeah. Yeah, like, I, that's the thing is, like, I know he was on the Spurs, and people loved him coming out of that, yep. that Spurs thing, but again, I haven't seen He's on the hot, so it's just shitty. The, yeah. Well, and again, he's, <laughs> he's one of those guys that it kind of fits into that whole role of, you know, to be a, you know, a standout rim protector, you're defense needs to be decent or you need to change that defense yep um like you look at deandre jordan back in the clippers like he was he yeah. stood out because he was on a great defensive team and he was allowed to be just a rim yeah, protector. he had a defensive reign of like um, 98 for three years in a row with them that was you, insane you look at Whiteside. Whiteside was the same thing he was allowed to get four blocks a game because that's all he was that was his <laughs> job stand yeah. in the middle and block shots big guy yeah like where Dwayne deadman again there isn't that defensive culture there no to you know allow him to be just a rim protector and even then i don't know if he has that ability to be a next level rim protector it's like true. like we haven't seen enough out of these guys or we've seen enough out of them where it's like all right we know what we cut tristan we got thompson you. yeah tristan thompson <laughs> just moving on down like even, that's the even, guy we've seen enough out of. even brooke like brooke's the thing yeah. where like we saw his peak he's done let's see if you can reinvent yourself to move up a little like a paul gasol did yeah um but even then like paul gasol is one of the greatest probably centers of, of my lifetime at least over the yeah. past 20 years like he's been a phenomenal player uh throughout you know since 2003 yep. where brooke lopez hasn't been on a great team hasn't really had that shine of playing next to another superstar and has really suffered from that it's true um you know even like cody zeller like what does cody zeller stand out doing what does marcin gortat stand out doing besides you know bud, butting heads with john wall um over the past he was years? one of the best pick and roll scores to be fair last year uh i think i think like it might have been two years, years ago. ago. Yeah, he was. Um, they're off. Well, that was the year that their offense was like they had the best five starting mm-hmm. offense in the entire NBA. But that really popped off when Beal was injured, and then they had to they didn't have that second go to scorer in yeah. a Bradley Beal that they and I mean that Otto Porter wasn't the same Otto Porter, right? Um, I mean, really, it was like Gortat and Wall were just Gortat doing business. Yeah. yeah. So and, and he's a dub dub machine though, and we got him pretty low. I feel. I feel a little but bad what, about what that. Is, what does double doubles mean anymore for centers? <laughs> you know? Oh no, we're having that conversation. Well, no, but it's like, like, do double doubles define how good a, a rebounder you are? I, I was waiting for this conversation, but I, I thought it was going to happen when we got to. <laughs> we'll, and we'll get to the guy you were talking about. <laughs> okay, but it's like, like when you were taking in these rankings, no, did fine. it matter the the rebound percentages for these guys? Unless it was something crazy, I stupid, was, like an Andre Drummond. Yeah, I think it was. I think it's very system uh, centered because you know. Certain centers are closer than that than others. Just that's where they play in their offense or defense. That's what they're asked to do. And a guy like Marcin Gortat, I think, was in a great position on a great team. And that really highlighted his skill set. Moving over to the Clippers, I've got lower expectations. I don't think that he has anywhere close to the same level of point guard. I know he doesn't have the same close level of point guard play. The surrounding players aren't as good. And the you know their highest guy is Tobias Harris. And how is he going to... Is he going to benefit enough from playing off ball from Tobias Harris? Can that do anything fruitful for him? And I don't, I don't see the same benefit as playing, you know, on a team like the Wizards, where he was able to obviously have some level of success. And even then, with Gortat too, you look at his actual double double numbers. He only had fifteen double doubles on the really? year. That's it? Yeah, he wow. was tied with Dwayne Dedman and Demonte Sabonis. Hey, there we go. Yeah, and like above him was like Valanciunas, Nurkic. Uh, Marcus Gasol and Paul Gasol. Um, below him was like Alex Len with twelve. Um, Yikes. Where is Alex, Alex Len playing, by the way? I don't Does even, it matter? I don't even know. Right? I'm, do do I'm, we care? No, not really. But. Okay. Um, but you know, it's like and Willie Cauley Stein was at twelve. <laughs> He's too. on the Hawks now, apparently. Who cares? Um, wow. But it's like you you really look past you know guys like you know probably what Valanciunas 
at 26 double doubles. It will Mark Gasol at 25. So like yeah. outside of Mark Gasol getting 25, like Pau Gasol getting 16, Sabonis getting 15 in like limited minutes, um, Deadman getting 15 in 62 games. Like none of that really is eye popping. But and, and it, I really didn't take in the rebound numbers that yeah. these guys had because. It really didn't matter unless you were actually dominating the, I mean, the game, rebounding with how much the game has changed for centers. I was going to say, you know, you brought up, do, do these numbers matter? Like, is the primary job of a center still to just solely soak up rebounds and block shots? Is that is that, like, at the base level, when you want a center in the NBA, are you just looking for a guy who can block shots around the rim and get the ball after it bounces off of the rim or the backboard? Not really, because, I mean, we look at, like, I think, I mean, I've been a whole proponent proponent of throughout this you know ranking system that Dwight Howard has been consistently overrated mm-hmm. um and that's basically all he's done he's, he's not yeah. you know running pick and rolls he's not doing that yet he consistently gets love because of his numbers um and because of his name recognition but yeah. you look at what he does cons- you know it consistently it probably lines up to a guy like you know a, a Steven Adams um and I know Adams is flipped um but that's yep. also defensively because he's gotten better um, and is better than Dwight Howard. But, like, you yeah. know, you look at the numbers, and I don't think the numbers really tell the story of how much impact these guys have. I think a lot of it, you know, really goes on team success as well because you look at outside of Valanchunas, um, Nets didn't make the playoffs. Nope. K- uh, Kings didn't make the playoffs. Nope. Brooke Lopez's Lakers didn't make the playoffs. Uh, Dwayne Deadman's Hawks didn't make the playoffs. Tristan Thompson almost held the cast I think that's, back from making I would the say, playoffs. Like, his contract and then play performance throughout the year, it's weird that he actually came back on for the playoffs a little bit, mm-hmm. but the, the regular season play was just so terrible. And even then, like him coming on was like grabbing 11 boards, which yeah. is like, that should be your average. <laughs> um, and then you look at Gortat. Like, Gortat's team made the playoffs, but barely made the playoffs. Yeah. Um, Zeller's team didn't make the playoffs. McGee's made the playoffs, won the finals, but also, let's be honest, he wasn't even the starting center, and I think we, we, no. we were like absolutely shocked in like game three of the finals when they were like all right we have no options at center let's put mcgee in there and he like got like eight straight points we're like holy shit mcgee's back and now he's out there to dominate for the lakers and now he's with lebron yeah um so it's like really a lot of their the rankings i feel like ended up relying on their team success or name recognition oh, it, yeah. because again these guys do so much or it's so much similar that you need to have something that really separates you and and being on a team that did really well and really you saw that boost because of it a la Rudy Gobert when mm-hmm. Gobert was out and then Gobert on that team was drastically yeah. different different defensively you could see the reason why um where you know if you take out a you know a, a Brook Lopez out of the Lakers that team didn't change too much. That no. team still lost. That team didn't have that much of a uh, of a of a change. Um, and I talked. I brought up war in football too. Yeah. And you look at you know if you had the war of these guys um, from like Allen to McGee, it'd probably be zero because <laughs> there's no really difference to tell how much better they are from other players. Like right. are, are there potential in these players? Yes. That's why Jared Allen is the highest ranked out of this this below Valanciunas and Collie Stein second. Because outside of that, none of these guys really have potential. They're all over the age, yeah. So, in the end, 21 through 30, I think we could probably say is the weakest bunch of players that we've had throughout these rankings so far. Yeah, it's weird to think about that. But yeah, I feel like every year we kind of come to the same conclusion. It's like the center position has been devalued by where we're at with the modern NBA. Like, But I, do you think it's devalued or do you think it's changing? Because now I think it possibly yes. could be. It, it, it possibly could <laughs> be. Something where it might be one of the most more valued ones if you are a guy that can do certain things. I mean, we just saw uh, the center go number one yeah. this year. I, I think it I think it has changed, but I think I still believe it's been devalued over time. 
I know a center makes a massive impact, mm. but until we see a team led by a center, you know, compete yep. for a championship year in, year out, the last one we saw was Shaq. Like Tim Duncan? Tim Duncan was a power forward. You take that back. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm just saying. He was I'm the greatest sorry. power forward of all time. You're I'm sorry. I was yeah. throwing out he played center. He in did the, play the, the center position because he was a little slower later on, but still he he's power forward. Then uh, sorry, Dave. <laughs> I, didn't I mean, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Ha- Dwight Howard made it to the finals. He didn't win it. That was the last team probably to make it that yeah. was carried by a center. That's true. That's true. Uh, the Magic. Am I cool with that? You're I'll, I'll give you that I'll, one. I will give you the Magic because it's yeah. I'll give you the Magic. Okay. So I didn't think Jameer Nelson carried the team. Sorry. It's been <laughs> it's been eight years. That was the point. Yeah. Uh, and and I think that's the thing that I was just trying to get to. But all of those maybe this yeah. is the darkest. Of the days for the centers, but yeah. also I think the, the light is on the horizon. Yeah, I mean, because we you look at these top guys and then also the, the last number one pick. The last number one pick, even on Wendell Carter, we're talking about guys who bring more to the center position. You're right. I think it. I think it's evolving. I think what we need out of a center today is not what we needed 10 years ago. You can't just get a tall guy who can stick his hand up anymore. That yeah. doesn't count for anything. It doesn't count for enough anymore. But even, like, I, I wasn't around back when centers were important like, I, I caught the end of the 90s or the i should say i i caught from mid 90s on so i got the second half of jordan's three-peat and then i got the basically the the death of the physical nba like the thing that do you think it was rule changes that killed the center or do you think it was just people learning more about basketball uh and exploiting their size part I, it's both but it happened first it was rule changes because the level of physicality dipped off considerably mm-hmm. um you just can't hit people like you could before you can't bounce off them down low. you can't back your way in by dropping your shoulder and your back into them like there's just certain techniques that can't be done that's why it was interesting how much people valued center like the center position and offensive centers who could be smooth around the net and then like you said as the nba has changed and they found different ways to win games different ways to dominate you know Guys like Shaq are the exception to the rule. They're not the rule. Someone who is as physically dominant as him would succeed at any point in time in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I mean, but these other guys who are seeing succeed now, like I don't know if a player like uh, Jokic would be able would be given the same chance even, you know, twenty years ago. I don't. I can't say for that for sure. Yeah, tall guys, of course, are always gonna get a shot, but like you don't see that. Like I mean, you go way way back to like minute ball it's like yeah he was a center who could jack up shots from the outside and that was an oddity at the time and it was just the most bizarre thing i know he wasn't amazing but like he was an interesting player because he was the first big man we saw do that as his main role and now we're seeing the nba where that's now we want seven footers to shoot from the outside consistently and be a threat and like i think it's evolved but i think the first part of it evolving was the fact that we just couldn't be as physical down low you can't have enforcers really anymore you know, the big enforcer in the NBA tonight, today is what, like, Draymond Green, you know? Mm-hmm. So. The one thing that I was just doing was counting how many centers have gone number one or forward centers have gone number one. Yeah. Um, 35 uh, number one overall picks have been uh, wow. centers. Uh, and there's been 71 picks. So that means 49% of number one overall That's picks incredible. were centers. So, I mean, like, and, and even you look, you know, recently, like, Aiton was a center. Carl uh, Anthony Towns. Uh, you look at Anthony Davis, who's on this list, uh, and then there was a. I huge, mean, all three of those guys Greg are Oden arguably well. power forwards. 
Yeah, but the game's changed. No, I mean, Aiden's not. Now you're trying point, to speed yeah. up the center position. True. And, and people are learning. So that True. was the point. But anyways, uh, that's going to end the uh, discussion on centers. It wasn't really about 21 through 30. Oh, well, we hit the guys in there, but it's, it's more about, about the, the situation kind of evolving and how some of these guys are, you know, the future hope maybe, that they could continue to evolve and get better, mm-hmm. and the others are just kind of like the remnants or the dinosaurs, man. Shout out Wendell Carter Jr. He's that, he's that dude. Anyways, but let's move into 20 through 11 for our starting centers. At 20, we have Nikola Vucevic of the Orlando Magic. At 19, we have Hassan Whiteside currently of the Miami Heat. At 18, we have Pau Gasol of the San Antonio Spurs. At 17, we have Miles Turner of the Indiana Pacers. Indianapolis Pacers. I want to S to Turners because oh. that's a very <laughs> Chicago thing. The Jewels, the Aldis, yep. the Turners. Uh, then at 16, we have Yusuf Nurkic of the Portland Trailblazers. At 15, we have Enos Cantor of the New York Knicks. At 14, we have Dwight Howard of the Washington Wizards now. Mm-hmm. At 13, we have DeAndre Ayton of yeah. the Phoenix Suns. Gotta explain that one. At 12, we have Steven Adams of the Oklahoma City Thunder. At 11, we have Andre Drummond of the Detroit Pistons. Dave, there's a couple things that we have to talk about here. <laughs> yeah. One of them's the Steven Adams debate and the discussion, and the other one is the DeAndre Ayton elephant in the room. Which one do you want to start off with? Uh, let, let's start with the Rook. Let's start with the Rook. DeAndre Ayton. I ranked DeAndre Ayton at 12, Ricky ranked him at 12, and Dave ranked him at 14, coming out to his ranking at 13. I think it's the highest ranking that we've had for a rookie. Consensus. Luka, no, yeah, Luca was 15, I think. Yes. Um, other than that, I don't think any of them cracked the top 20. I um, think maybe one got a 20, but yeah. Did he? Was uh, it Bagley? Uh, uh, to double I think back. Bagley would probably be the only other one that would be close. Because um, Ricky put him at twelve, um, but <laughs> no, he didn't. Overall, DeAndre Ayton is the the, the highest ranked player at, at, at his position for a rookie, as he should be. And why is that? Because he's the number one overall pick. He 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 was a monster, and he was literally bored of the game in college because <laughs> he was just dunking on kids like it was nothing, and he could shoot from the outside. Like, I, he was he was one of the most dominant forces in college I've seen in a long time. It was. It was honestly a little exciting because I watched, you know, Ben Simmons in college clearly was better than everyone, mm-hmm. but that didn't mean his team was better than everyone. Watching DeAndre Aiden, when he turned it on, it was like, yeah, no, this shit's over. Well, the biggest thing, and I think people are just going to play recency bias and the last time I saw him play a basketball game, they lost to 13 Buffalo. That's true. Um, and that was because, again, there was no help on the outside. They focused in on Aiton, yeah. and they made him f- turn the ball over a ton, and he just wasn't you know, able to be consistent and wasn't able to dominate that game. Um, it's true. But the biggest thing with the Suns is you have a young star guard in Devin Booker who can put up 70 points a game and average 24.9 as like a 22-year-old, which, again, I'm not trying to bash on Devin Booker. I know people were upset that he was nine in our rankings. Do something else besides, you know, put up jank Shoot stats on a— We'll do something else besides put up jank stats on a bad team. Yeah. You got a 31 usage. You better be putting up something stupid <laughs> like 25, 5, and 5. Um, but still, Devin Booker is a phenomenal player. Yeah. Um, he still has talent. And you still have Trevor Reza, and you added Ryan Anderson, and you have you still Josh have Jackson, and you have T.J. Warren. So there is help yeah. around him that he didn't have in Arizona. Oh my God, yes. So what do you think that will do, at least offensively, for DeAndre? Hopefully it's going to clear out the paint uh, quite a bit, quite a bit, because I know T.J. Warren's not a three-point specialist by any means, nope. but he has a sick mid-range. He will get some time. But outside of that, everybody else on that team is comfortable shooting from the outside, and I mean very comfortable because guess what? The Suns don't play defense. They're like double the offense team. 
they're going to just stand out behind the arc and take shots. And they might not be quality shots because they don't have a point guard, but they're going to take shots. So I think that I expect DeAndre Ayton to honestly get a ton of usage. I think that him eating low post and just killing kids inside while Dev Booker works the outside, I think it's a recipe for success. I wasn't able to ask this yesterday when Z talked about the Ryan Anderson, Eric Bledsoe move. Yeah. Or, 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 Eric, uh, the Ryan yeah. Anderson, Marquise Chris move. Who was the point guard? Brandon was, Knight. Brandon Knight. I said Eric. I tried, I tried to make the sound uh, piece Bran- but, <laughs> Marquise Chris. I wasn't able to ask about the Brandon Knight and Ryan Anderson move. Yeah. Um, how much do you think that not having a true point guard is going to affect DeAndre Ayton? Quite a bit. Quite a bit. Because he's not a player who I want to dribble the ball a lot. He's someone who I think you get on the ball, he turns, he shoots. Like He is a catch-and-shoot big. And you mentioned it. When people keyed in on him in college, it was when he dribbles the ball, he is, he's prone to making uh, turnovers. His passing vision is not as good as maybe he thinks it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would prefer to have a point guard out there who can be a primary distributor, who can set him up for easier shots, better success, and work with him in the pick and roll. Because I know Dev Booker's probably going to end up doing it anyway. Like, not be point guard, but work with him as their primary one-two combo in the pick and roll, pick and pop. So do you think that's going to be uh, something that hurts DeAndre and that he doesn't have a guy yeah, I, that's I think... a true number one and is going to deal with Devin Booker, who... Is a fine passer, but it's not yeah. a number. Is is not a is not a one guard passer. Yeah, I, I do think it's going to hurt him a little. I mean, to the point where he's, it's not going to kill them. They're not a playoff team, you know, fighting for contention. He's going to put up stupid numbers still. I think you know, if I want to be realistic about it, I think he could probably drop you know sixteen and eight easy. Mm-hmm. Like that. That's where his bottom end is for me. His rookie year, like if he can't pull a jaw, then I don't know what I expect out of him as the number one pick. You're giving him sixteen. Yeah. Really? It's the Suns. They're going to put up like 120. Because they're not. Think about how quick their (laughs) offense. Look at their offensive possessions. Like, I'm not saying they're quite Denver Nuggets quick because that team is on a whole nother level. They're they're ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But, like, the Suns, they have no point guard. Their shot quality is poor. They take shots quick in the shot clock. So, like, they're going to run. But there's a new coach. There is. Do you think that Igor is going to change that? Because a lot of what was run in Utah was on ball movement and on it's passing true. and on quality shots. Um, we saw that in Utah. Like It's, it's how true, much but you don't have the same translate? talent as Utah. That's true, but how much do you think it's going to transfer over? Do you think that those shots... Probably more than I'm making it out. Gonna be, so, but you don't have a point guard. And that's the big... Like, I, I, I asked Z like four times last night, even off the podcast, <laughs> and he was just like, dude, let it let it go. I was like, how do you not have a point guard on this team? And he he's adamant that it's not Dev Booker. Because I asked again to clarify at the end, yeah. he he blew it off. No, not happening. Well, and that's the one thing that I mean. But so, you don't have one. So many people have brought that up. Like you, you brought up the the number one Devin Booker yeah. being a point guard. Um, there's a kid in my group chat who's the most annoying person to argue with because he's like Ricky in the fact that he thinks he's right and will not change his mind uh, even okay. if you present him uh, evidence. Um, and I love Ricky to to death, and yeah. I, I think that Ricky it's something noble that he sticks to his guns. Um, and he's changed every now and then, but this yeah. kid's even worse than Ricky, where he's not going to change your mind even if you're like <laughs> clearly it, wrong again. Like it's like, oh, this is the this is a blue dress, and he's like, no, that's 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 purple, or like he'll be like, oh, it's actually aqua. Uh, like he'll give you the real color because oh, like douchebag. Oh my god! Um, but oh, what was my point? <laughs> oh, and then there was uh, 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 the, the dude on Twitter. Uh, he knows who, I, who he is. Shout out to shout out to you, dude on Twitter. Uh, that's not Jake. Uh, Negro Damas. Um, yeah. He keeps mentioning Deb Book is the one, 
And I just I go back to what Igor said, and Igor was saying that Devin Booker is not a one; he's a two. Um, and I don't know what moves they're going to make, who they're going to go and try to get. I know they tried to get Kemba. I know they tried to get Dame. Um, I think there's another name in there too that I can't think of. Um, but yeah. I, just, I don't see a one that's currently on the team that's ready enough. I don't think Okobo's ready enough. I don't no. think Melton's ready enough. Um, and I don't think there's a one out there on the market that's going to significantly help your team. Jeremy Lin's the other one. Um, mm. And maybe Jeremy Lin would be interesting, but again, you're not going to be able to rely on Jeremy Lin. They can't Lin even get he, him right now. Like He was just traded to the Hawks. Yeah, and the other thing too is like, how much are you going to be able to trust Jeremy Lin because he's Health consistently every injured? single year. I mean, you I just got rid of Brandon Knight because of his in, inability to stay healthy. Yep. You're just bringing in Jeremy Lin, who's exactly the same as Brandon Knight, not being able to be on the floor. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, I think it's a major concern to keep up with, but I think Aiton's still going to get his. Like, he is that talented offensively that, you know, not having a point guard is going to be, you know, unfortunate, but him working with Devin Booker, I think they'll still get it done. I don't see the team winning many more games this year because of that lack of point guard. I think coaching is going to be a huge thing, though. I don't know. That's the thing. Like, I, I honestly, I forgot to factor in, like, Igor's effect on the team, but it's so hard to say that without actually seeing him do his own thing. Like, mm-hmm. we want to give him the credit for what for Utah's success, yes, but it wasn't just him there. Yeah. So I think that's – I don't want to be unfair and say he was the only guy of why they were able to put in a system and run it so well. So I, I think for the Suns, it's more of I want to actually see them play out a little bit. How does this thing unroll? But regardless of that, they're still going to get their empty numbers. Like you have to just admit that offensively he is gifted. He has a great shot. He has great inside moves. And he's just a freaking tall person, so he can just dunk it from like – 12 feet out. And I think the person that we consistently kind of try to, you know, compare him to or at least, you know, push him towards is Dwight Howard um, in some ways just because, uh, like, build-wise. I mean, his shoulders aren't anywhere near Dwight Howard's But shoulders. he's a physical freak. Yeah. Like, you look at him and he's like, all right, this guy's a different, like, athlete, the, yeah. the way he's built. And you you think that, yes, you know, obviously Dwight Howard didn't have the shot DeAndre Ayton had. No. And DeAndre Ayton's not the defender that Dwight Howard was. Um, but it's still, you look at the same, you look at their their builds and, and the, I mean, the I physical freaks that they are. I thought we talking is the comparison. Well, Just because they're, they're, well, they're uh, that, proficiency at I'm, an offensive game. I'm trying to play into the fact that DeAndre Ayton's 13, Dwight Howard's 14. Oh. So, and they were both enough. number one picks. Oh, okay, And okay, they were both on horrible teams. You could you, you could use Cat, but, I mean, Cat's a better shooter. He's a better all-around player. I'm fine with Cat dribbling the ball. You know, like, I, I, Ayton yeah. I'm kind of iffy on. Where okay. Howard... And I think you know Aiton has a better shot, and Aiton could stretch it out more than Howard could. Um, and Howard's you know more back to the basket and can put his ass. He's, he's more traditional, but score. at the same time, they're both black holes of offense. Yeah, the thing with Dwight Howard though is his rookie year, eighty-two games, thirty-two minutes, fifty-two percent from the field, um, and he had uh, twelve points and ten boards, <laughs> and that was on a team that went. 36 and 46 yeah and their leading scorer per game was uh steve francis um with 21 and they had grant hill as well so hey. the, the, the the players on this team yeah 2004-2005 magic are better and more veteran savvy than the ones on the sun so do you think that that's going to push um deandre Ayton over the, the 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 line as well do you think that's why it's going to be something that he's going to be more towards 18 I think just points per game or 16, I think you said. He is more offensively gifted than Howard, and Howard wasn't a focal point of the team. His rookie year, he was good, yes, mm-hmm. but he, as you said, like Steve Francis was the leading scorer. They didn't game plan, you know, feeding Dwight in the low post. That wasn't quite their game plan yet. They hadn't established the four out Dwight in yeah. and uh, recipe to success yet. So I think with the Suns team, though, I look very clearly as, as it going 
Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. That's who's getting the ball in that order. And after that, everybody else will get theirs. You know, TJ Warren had great stats last year, but that's because somebody had to put the ball in the bucket. And you knew it wasn't going to be Marquise Christ. You knew it wasn't going to be Dragon Better. You knew it wasn't going to be Josh Jackson. And the list goes on because you just don't have all those scores. Now they've added in guys um, like Mikhail Bridges and like uh, Trevor Reza who mm-hmm. can score. And so that- I, I still think that by far and away it's one, two, and then everybody else. And the last point I'll, I'll get on Aiden is you're, you're, I, you hit the nail on the head when it came comes to Ariza, uh, Ryan Anderson, and guys like Mikhail Bridges. I, I keep forgetting to mention Ryan Anderson. Those yeah. are guys that are, again, secondary pieces that Complimentary, when, yeah. when the thing doesn't work and, and the game plan doesn't work, you pass it out to them and they're going to do what they do. Yeah. Ryan Anderson's going to be able to be an effective shooter from the outside. Trevor Reese is going to be able to be an effective shooter from the outside. Mikhail Bridges, you think he's going to be an effective mm-hmm. shooter from the outside. Um, Josh Jackson, hopefully he'll be able to you know be an effective shooter He's a great slasher. Um, I mean, wh- whoever they get for point guard to play the point guard position, hopefully they'll be able to do that as well. Um, the biggest thing I think for Aiton, for, for the Suns to have team success, is Aiton's ability to pass out. And I think that's going to be something that's going to take a while to develop, but yeah. definitely at some point could. Um, I, I don't know if Aiton wins Rookie of the Year, though, because I still think it's going to go to Luka. I would like it to go to Luka, but Aiton might have a gaudy stat line. He, I, I he might have fi- something. I said 15-7-7 for Luka. I, I, I want to believe that. I want to believe that. So you're you're saying sixteen and eight for Aiton? I think that's his floor. <laughs> what do you think? It, what do you think he's going to end up? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, maybe his floor should be like fifteen and six, but like I think he could go anywhere. I think he could. There's no way a man of his stature is going to grab only six, six boards. boards. You're right, especially on that team. I know. I know. Um, fine. You want to give him eight boards? Because I just want to. I want to give him the rolling out of bed. You you want to do cat? What's ja, What was Jaws' rookie season? Cat her cat's rookie season <laughs> was Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> 18, 10, two assists, yeah, fuck. and 1.7 blocks. 18, 10, and 1.7 blocks. 1.7, and then all right. You want Jaws? Yeah, give me Jaws. J- J- Jaleel Okafor, was he rookie of the year? Was he? He was rookie of the year. Was it? Yeah, no, he was an all-rookie. Uh, Jaws' first year was 17 and a half, seven boards, uh, 1.2 blocks per game. And 1.2 assists per game. Yeah, so his his floor is Jaw's rookie year. So 17 and a half and seven. Yeah, that's his that that that's his floor to me. And I, then his, I think he can get up to like his peak is Carl Anthony Towns of 21 I, and 10 or 18 and 10. I think he can probably get to 20. Jesus Christ! It's the Suns. That it's true. It's the Suns, but it's just insane to say for for a rookie. For rookie, I know. But when you have someone who could be a focal point of a team, you have to give them the respect. You know, that's true. All right, let's look at the other names out here. We have uh, Vucevic, Whiteside, Gasol, Turner, Nurkic, Cantor, Howard, Adams, and Drummond. Do you want to bring up a part about Stephen Adams, who ranks twelve in our rankings? I think I think Stephen Adams is probably a guy who, you know, his stat line will never show his true contributions to the team. You know, he was he was one half of the Mustache Bros. Uh, his other one is down at fifteen, Enos Cantor. I think that he gets a lot of shit because he doesn't pull down a ridiculous amount of rebounds because they use him to box out so Russell Westbrook can start the fast break sooner, start their offensive possession sooner, and not have to deal with any you know delays on that end of the ball. Ricky, I'm pointing that one at you because I feel like you're the one who just kills Russell Westbrook for you know his stat lines that are ridiculous. I'm like it's a it's a system they do it for mm-hmm. a reason. Uh, Stephen Adams has gotten better every year. He's still like what is he like 24, 20? I think he's 24. Steven Adams is older than that. No, I feel like he's still weirdly young. Is he? Yeah. Steven Adams is 25. 25, okay. Just turned it July 20th. Hey, okay. So I'm giving me some credit on that one. Um, I He's a very good player. He, he will never be an offensive monster. He's just going to kind of do his job. But defensively, he's continued to improve, and that's why I have him 
as high as I do. I think that he's someone who he's like a Swiss Army knife um, at the position because he's been asked to do different things in his very short career and been able to succeed at multiple levels. I think he is Rudy Gobert, but worse in, in the fact that he makes your team better and it's not seen unless he's taken away. And and Gobert and and by you know to a lesser extent yeah. that's why I'm saying because Gobert was defensive player of the year right Adams will never be in that discussion because he's playing with Russell Westbrook Paul George Carmelo Anthony last year even Kevin that Durant didn't help him yeah <laughs> at, at a point um, I think he's he's a guy though that you really don't know his 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 worth unless he's off your team like you took cancer off and that team still you know still was great or yeah. still good because they had Stephen Adams. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Cantor, there's a reason why Cantor's below Adams here, even though I think Cantor probably has a better stat line. He does um, because he excels at offense. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but Adams, again, his 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 worth is not seen on a yeah. stat line. It's seen when you watch the game. and It's seen when he's not on the floor. Yeah. Um, and, and it's seen when, you know, again, he's taken away from the Oklahoma City Thunder and Russ isn't able to do what he, do, he wants the to do. The funny thing is, I think that he could actually still get much better because I don't think Russ uses him offensively. Or I don't think the, I should just say, I don't think the Thunder use him offensively and sets enough. I think that he okay. has a ton of potential in pick and rolls, um, a la James Harden and Clint Capella, um, and even CP3 Clint. Like, what the Rockets were able to do last year was impressive with basically running the same, like, four plays for those three guys over and over and just killing teams. Like, there's no reason Steven Adams and Russell Westbrook can't do the same thing, but I mean that's more of a Thunder play calling issue, which we all know that they sort of need help with that area anyway, yeah. uh, from a coaching standpoint. So I'm not going to get too deep, but I think that he could definitely be better utilized or even more utilized than he is already. That's why I'm like he's still young. He's you know just entering his prime really uh, as a big man. So I, I think that they can keep working with him and keep involving him more and. Like, really, there's there's a very good chance he could jump top 10. Well, and the crazy thing, too, is you look at the win share leaders from mm-hmm. last year. He was 15. He was above DeMar DeRozan. He was above Ben Simmons. He was above fucking Steph Curry. He was above Jimmy Butler. Like he, Center's him, a little, but yeah. But, like, Russ was 10.1, and Steven Adams was 9.7. Yep. And you, you bring that up, like, centers were a little bit. If, like, uh, you look at Clint Capella. He was 10.2 at 11. Yep. Uh, Drummond was 10.3. Um, Aldridge was 7. Uh, and he was uh, 10.9. Currently, Towns was 14 win share, um, and he was two. Um, right. So, yes, but also I think if, if you're going to look at somewhere, like he does no, stand yeah. out. Like Stephen Adams, if you look at this list, Stephen Adams is the guy that probably stands out. Stephen Adams and Clint Capella are probably the guys that stand out because, they don't again, they don't have like – the right. ball in their hands all the time. They don't. They're not guys that are pulling in like 15 boards a but game. But they're constantly like, doing like the right thing is. for you, and they're 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 exactly. just massive helps to the team. So yeah, I just give give him his respect due because he might not always stand on the stat sheet, but what he's doing for that team makes them a much better team than they would be without him. Mm-hmm. And he's still pulling down nine boards a game, which is yeah. decent, and that's not even thirty per thirty six minutes too. So yeah, and that's um, letting Russ take ten away from him. Yeah. Just think I mean, about that. Even then, it's probably more like 11, too, because, <laughs> like, Russ is, you know, whatever. Uh, anyways. Yeah, um, I Cantor uh, also is a guy that, you know, he's a guy that I think is going to be in the NBA for a while because of his offensive game. Uh, he's and, he's and, great, and uh, his online presence has uh, only helped him. <laughs> I think he's going to be a guy that ages a little bit more gracefully than uh, Brooke Lopez as well. Because Brooke is a little bit more software, Cancer's going to punch in the face. Yeah, um, and, and Cancer's quicker too. And there's there's no denying that like Brooke's offensive well, game was great, but like Brooke was fairly quick when he was uh, younger. When I he was still younger, don't think he was so. a little bit quicker. 
Him and him and Rolo, like just <laughs> okay. they're the two biggest awkward dudes. I'm like, not saying he was they're fast. not like Boban slow, but like they're, <laughs> they're not quick guys. I I love I love Enos Cantor. Like I think he's he's fantastic offensively. He surprised me. I didn't expect him to perform as well when he got moved to New York as he did. Yeah. Um. And obviously now this year we saw the end of last year with KP out. When we're gonna watch him again this year, being you know. One, probably the second or third guy in that offense, but again, continue to be able to put up consistent points for them every night. And he's a guy who you can just be like, yeah, can't just score 20 again. Like, all right, yeah, sounds normal. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't even blink at his numbers anymore because he just gets his points, he gets his boards, but he's never going to be the guy who you're like, he needs to play 36 minutes for us in order for us to win. I'm like, well, that's, that's not him. Yeah, cancer, <laughs> uh, cancer really uh, kind of started taking over. Um, when uh, Porzingis was hurt, yeah, and he was hurt on the uh, the sixth of February. In the twenty games after, including the sixth of February, um, in those games, fourteen point three points per game, twelve point four boards per games, one point four steals per games. That's shooting at fifty five percent and eighty one percent from the line. Yeah, I mean that's that's money. When you're when you're a great free throw shooter as a center, mm-hmm. I think that's one of the best things because. Uh, you always go back to the Shaq stories of, you know, if he was just a little bit better free throw shooter, he would have been the all-time, like, scoring leader. And it's not even, like, close. Yeah, it's yeah. just so many hack of Shaqs. Uh, final things is kind of just the guys that we didn't talk about. We didn't really talk about Andre Drummond. Uh, I want to mention the fact that um, him with Blake is still something that needs to be fleshed out, but he was stupid good. He um, learned to pass out of the post, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he was passing people like Stan John who can't shoot. Yes, and the thing, too, that impressed me with Drummond is we talked about, like, rebounding numbers not being impressive and and rebounding kind of being a lost art. Yeah. Drummond is keeping it alive because (laughs) this guy can just go up, grab it, and, like, he is the essence of if you're big enough, you can grab a board. He doesn't need to box out people. He still boxes out extremely well, Um, and he just goes up, and any ball that's loose is is his. And it's something that when you post, you know, 17.2 rebounds per game— with a guy like Blake Griffin on your team, like that's something that's fucking impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and Blake's a guy that when he came over, he was averaging 6.2 assists per game. Um, and now with Dwayne Casey and hopefully, you know, a, an older Luke Kennard and maybe a more mature and healthy Reggie Jackson, maybe the Pistons with, an with, team. with Drummond could be something that, you know, flips the switch. Because I think Drummond is a guy that is a top 10 uh, center. I had him at uh, 8. Um, you had him at 11. Ricky had him at 14. Um, understandable in, in any rights because yeah. I don't think he's a guy that you know can be like a Carl Anthony Towns that can dominate an offense um, night in and night out because his offensive game is extremely limited. But again, he's a guy that excels at one thing and and that's rebounding. And he's probably the you know, probably the best rebound. No, he yeah. might be the best rebounder. He's probably the best rebounder. Yeah. In, in the league. And and it's, it's I don't really know who else is near him. Maybe DeAndre. Yeah, DeAndre would probably be right after him. But, but like, even I'll take then. Drummond because he's younger, quicker, and faster. Exactly. So, exactly. Uh, you say younger, quicker, faster. I'm going the opposite. I'm going Paul Gasol is the guy I want to give a shout out to. <laughs> the man's like going to turn 40. And yet he was the uh, Spurs assist leader. Uh, he's still dropping shots from the outside at an incredibly high rate. Uh, he's weirdly the, you know, one of the healthiest guys on that team. Like, he was just, he was great on offense. Yes, he's slow on defense, but he's still a good rim protector. 
Um, yeah, that was the shock, the most shocking thing from yeah. for me last year watching Gasol was his. He never gets enough. Ability. He never got enough credit for what he could do defensively. Everybody's like, "Well, he's just tall, so he gets blocks, and that that inflates his defensive, you know, ability." No, he actually throughout his entire career well, has been a fairly good defender. And let's look at his brother too. I mean, his brother isn't a next level. Like he's in a, a superb athlete. No, he was defensive player of the year because of his 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 defensive IQ. Yeah, and and Paul's the same way. Uh, so I mean that's something that when you're that old, yep. you need to be a smart basketball player, and he that's something one that of the smartest. we look back at. Uh, you know, Tim Duncan's last year, he was not a guy that could run up and down on the court. He was not a guy that you know, like Dirk now, wasn't able to play over 20 minutes per game yeah. uh, efficiently. But that was one of Tim Duncan's like best defensive seasons when it comes to protecting the rim because that's what they focused him on. Yeah, and he was such a smart player. He knew how to position his body, get block shots, and not hurt his team. Um, so I think that's something that Pop does really well. Is if you're a smart player, he's going to be able to use you. Yeah. And Gasol is the the essence of that because Gasol probably should have been out of the league by now. Oh um, yeah. And 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 really going to Pop has kept him not only starting in the league but also in the top twenty of our rankings. Yeah. I mean he he's flir- he's flourished in the Spurs system. The trailing three is like. He, I swear to God, he is like the guy for the trailing three. Like, uh, when I looked at the three point percentage, like, how high is he shooting? <laughs> like, wait, wait, are you saying the three point leader for percentage wise was Paul Gasol? What? Uh, in what world? Hassan White said, "Is he Heat at the end of the season?" No, no, he he done pissed off Pat Riley. Like, that's just not gonna stay. He's not. He's not staying. He's a he was a great defender for you know a couple of years, amazing glass defender, but like. He's just not a good fit anymore. Shout out Whiteside and uh, Brooke Lopez, who fell 13 spots from last year. Uh, Miles Turner, um, what's the, the what's the consensus on him? Is 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 he the, ain't got better? Is he a guy that can get better? I don't Do you, know. What are your what are your thoughts on Miles Turner's potential? Is the star fading in Miles Turner? I don't I don't I don't think there was a star ever there. Um, I know a lot of people are really high on him, you included. Uh, not throwing under bus because I want you to make your argument for if there is still hope for him, but like. I don't mm-hmm. think I see that fire in him to go out and dominate um, as a center. Cause I think that as a center, you need some level of like ferocity to you because you're, you're still, I know I talked about the the level of physicality going down, but that's still the most physical position in the league. And if yeah. you don't bring that every night, it's clear. And I think that last year watching Sabonis be able to step in as a stand in center during yeah. his timeout. I love Sabonis more just favoritism right there. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't. I don't think he's going to get much better. I think he's going to be the average starter at the center position. Whiteside is a, Whiteside is a guy that um, you know always played with a fire, and that's something that's really well, helped him. Well, when he when he, he plays, lost it this year, yeah, and he, he only could get it up for Joe prior to it. Prior um, to this year, I'll get he, he when he played with a fire. That's why he oh. was ranked as high as yeah, he was. Absolutely. That's why he was ranked you know thirteen higher before he was thirteen spots higher. You know last he was year, he's a monster because he was yeah. a monster, and you need to you need to play with that. Miles Turner hasn't really found that in him. Um, but I think at worst he is going to be an average player because he's a yeah. five that can shoot um, and he can grab boards. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's not a great, you know, he's not a great rebounder. He's not a great rim protector, but he's fine. Right. Um, I think he's probably the modern version of the guys that we talked about lower. Like you know, he's probably like a modern version of a you know a Tristan Thompson and the fact that like those guys fit the old centers and I think they're average at, at that. Um, and that's why they're ranked low is because they don't do anything besides, you know, rim protection rebound, where Miles Turner is kind of the modern average version of a center today where he can shoot, stretch the floor a little bit, kind of guard multiple positions. He's athletic, yeah. um, but he doesn't have that fire to really put him over the top. Right. Um, Vucevic, do we care? 
No, he's okay. on the magic. Or no, he's not on the magic, right? He's on the magic still. Vucevic is on the magic. Still for now. He's a guy that Do you gets, think he will keep on the magic? I don't know. He's got a bad contract. I don't even know <laughs> if he's going to be the starter. Because they have Bamba. And Bamba's like, not right to start, but I love Bamba. But, like, I want to see him start. I think most magic fans want to see Bamba start. They want to see the big lineup. Yeah, they want to see these guys play. And Vucevic is just holding him back. Bamba eyes a Gordon, baby. That's the future. V- Vucevic is literally just like, you know, he's he's good enough to not lose his starting job. He's good he on offense. Also stood he's slow yeah, as hell. He stood. He shouldn't have his job. Really. <laughs> like, he, there's, there's more exciting options out there, but he's good enough to keep a yeah. job. Um, Yusuf Nurkic, he was huge when he came over in the trade deadline uh, from the Nuggets the year before. Did you see that same effect this year? And if not, what needs to change? I did. I, he's still a very good player. He's still pretty young. I think the problem with Portland was not him. I think it was more at the wing position where they just they didn't have an answer. You know, they watched both both guards get locked down during the playoffs and just absolutely exposed. So he was still. I mean. I'm talking about the Pelicans, who have two amazing guards, and then Anthony Davis, and it was still CJ and Nurkic doing some work out there. So credit to him. He's a good player. He can bump down low with anybody. But again, this is the bracket where, as a center, you're not the focal point of a system. You just, you're just you not good enough to be that range. you got two guards out there who definitely deserve the shots. I'm not saying they don't, but these guys just don't deserve it. And the final player we're going to talk about is Dwight Howard, a guy who I've consistently called overrated on this podcast. And in these rankings, um, in 2016, you and Ricky both had him ranked as 5. I had him ranked at 7. 2017, you had him ranked at 14. I had him ranked at 16. But here's the twist. Ed, in 2018, you have him ranked at 16. I have him ranked at 15. You are lower than I am on Dwight Howard. What has changed in your mind? He just, he gets his. I, I can't take that away like he is the most consistent player i mean i talked about a walking double double and that that is just dwight howard that's what he is he will get his his numbers are great the problem is that as a teammate there's complaints as an offensive system the ball stops with dwight howard so there's concerns but i think that i want to watch him and john wall play off each other and see if he's going to have that bonus that Mm -hmm. marcin gortat got from playing with John Wall, if he can do something special there, then maybe he deserves to be as high as he... Because we're talking about a 32, 33-year-old guy who's still getting it done night in, night out at his position. Here's the thing. Is he is Carmelo Anthony, if, Carman, Carl, Carl Anthony, if Carmelo Anthony <laughs> still cared about conditioning, and if Carmelo Anthony was still gifted athletically. Carmelo is still a gifted scorer and a gifted Absolutely. basketball player. yeah. Dwight Howard is a gifted person when it comes to his ability to stay in shape, his you know body size, um, and his motor as yeah. well. Uh, Dwight Howard doesn't quit. Yep. I'm mean, not give him that, but he is stubborn as mellow. He's not going to run the pick and roll in, in Washington, and he has the probably one of the wor- guy who's going to be probably ranked lowest on our coaching rankings for me, Scott Brooks, who's yeah. not going to force him to because Scott Brooks plugs and plays, and I don't think it's going to work in in Washington. But I put him there because again, it's like. I would rather have him over Hassan Whiteside because Dwight Howard kind of cares. But also, I'm concerned on a guy who's been on 
four different teams in the past four years. Uh, one, right? two, three. This would be his fourth team in four years. Fourth yes. team in four years. Like, that's concerning to me. And even then, when he was on Houston, he still didn't vibe with them. When he was in Los Angeles, he still didn't vibe with them. And he didn't vibe with the coach in Orlando. Like, there's something wrong with Dwight Howard, and I don't think he's going to change. And I think that's just because he's stubborn. And I think it's also something where he was so great, and he's probably just trying to you know, relive those days where he could be a number one guy. But like we've Ever talked about— Ever since the injury, he's never been yeah. the same player. And also, the center position has changed. But he's like he, he doesn't look much different out there. A, yeah. It's just the NBA has changed so much since that injury. But you hear that you hear in the hype, though, he's out there ta- taking shots from the outside in practice he, he's building that outside shot up he's hit a couple threes he's, they, he's, made, they made the highlight reel yeah but no he's he's been actively talking about it this summer he's, he's working on his outside game to to be able to take those shots and stretch the floor he's got to howard reinvent himself he's got to run the pick and roll can so he reinvent himself it, in his uh if, what like 13th season 14th season well he was drafted in 2004 so it's what it's 14, 14 yeah um if he does if he if he has a a, a personality change and he's going to buy in and do that, and he's going to run the pick and roll. He's going to run the pick and pop. I'll raise him. I'll raise him in my. I'll stop yeah. calling him overrated. Um, <laughs> same with Melo. If Melo plays into the system that he's in, yeah. then Melo is a guy that's worth you know being on a team, being on an NBA team, and worth the the ranking that we gave him right last week or you know two weeks ago. But the thing is, that I don't thirtieth. Yeah, I don't think these guys are going to do it. Um, oh, I don't think Dwight Howard is going to do that. I, I mean, don't he think put going to do it. Sixteen and twelve, sixteen and a half and twelve and a half last year. Don't care on a about, bad team. I, but th- that's the thing is, like, he put it up on a bad team. And I don't really care about that sixteen twelve because, again, you got moved. Like guys who put up sixteen twelve don't get moved. Like there's a th- I mean, reason why he's getting moved. Like he's not yeah. he's not well liked by his teammates. He's not a guy that is fitting the the modern NBA. Yeah, like, Gortat's best year was fifteen and a half and ten. So How many just to. Uh, assist point nine. Uh, his last year was like, uh, his last year in Washington, he put up eight and a half, seven and a half, and one point eight assists. Okay, and what's Dwight How- Howard's highest? Like, uh, Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard's highest assist number? Yeah. Uh, like one point three, one point nine, one point nine was way back though. That was his last year in Orlando. Okay, and but that one three that, last year. I mean, he's not. He's still pat. He, he doesn't pass out of the low post. We just say it. He doesn't pass much. He, I don't know. If, he doesn't pass out of the high post either. I don't know where. <laughs> um, the final thing is, I was looking up uh, NBA rookies of the year. Um, and here, here's the. Le- you said twenty points for DeAndre Ayton. That, that's his that? cap. That's his cap. So twenty. Um, we will let's let's find Kevin. No, not okay, Kevin Durant. Michael Carter Williams. Here, Elton Brand, nineteen ninety nine, two thousand. Yeah. Elton Brand, twenty point one points per game, ten boards. 1.9 assists per game and 1.6 blocks with 0.08 steals. I think that's fine. I like. I loved Elton Brand, uh, so I'm totally good with that comp. Pat Ewing put up 29, two assists, what? 2.1 blocks. 29? Oh, sorry, 29. Oh! 20 points, 9. Oh, I was like, what the fuck did that man uh, okay, do? Do you want to know the, the 1956 and 1960 rookie No, year? I don't. It's Wilt Chamberlain. 37.6 points per game, 27 boards, and 2.3 assists. Fuck yeah, off, whatever. Wilt. Whatever, um, Wilt. Anyways, it's going to end uh, 20, 11 numbers. through 20. Uh, th- not fake numbers. <laughs> He's the greatest fake player numbers. probably of all time. Fake numbers. Uh, anyways, uh, that's going to do it for uh, also Kareem. 28-14, 4.1 assists. Real fuck? fair. Um, and Oscar in his first year almost dropped a triple double. He was nine, he had nine point seven assists Ooh. and ten point one rebounds and thirty point five points per game. Uh, God, those are Christ. stupid numbers. David Robinson also dropped twenty four point three, twelve rebounds, two assists, one point seven steals, and three point nine blocks. I mean, blocks. we talk about athletic freaks. David Robinson, he's got to be up there. Jacked. 
He was, he was, he was loaded. He so. was 24, though, when he came in. Yeah. Because service time. Yep. Uh, Jesus, that's stupid good. He had 4.5 blocks? <laughs> God damn it. God Everybody, damn. no the one can shoot back stupid. in the day, man. I mean, I was driving in the lane. Hold on. I know this is, we got to end this segment. But his <laughs> first, from 89 to 96, he averaged 25.6 points per game, uh, 11.8 boards, 3.1 assists. Uh, only turned the ball over 2.9 times as a center, 1.7 steals, and 3.6 blocks. <gasps> Damn. And he also was like one of the only guys with a 5x5. Five five. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, Pretty unique. Admiral is stupid. Uh, let us know your thoughts on 11 through 20 down in the comments below. Dave's ready to kill me because this is going on way too long. But let's jump in 1 through 10, and we're going to do it the uh, typical way. We're going to read it off from uh, as we our, always own, do. our own personal rankings, as we always do, and I always forget. Um, I will be Ricky today. Um, and uh, you'll be Dave, I'll be Sean, and also do our overall ones. So starting off for Ricky, at 10, we have Dwight Howard of the now Washington Wizards. At 9, we have Clint Capella of the Houston Rockets. 8, we have DeAndre Jordan of the Dallas Mavericks. 7, Al Horford of the Boston Celtics. 6, Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets. That one hurts to say. 5, Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz. 4, DeMarcus Cousins of you-know-who. 3, Carl Anthony Towns of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Two, Joel Embiid of the Philadelphia 76ers, and number one, Anthony Davis of the New Orleans Pelicans. Dave, give us your one through ten. Sure. At number ten, I have Mark Gasol. Number nine, I have DeAndre Jordan. Number eight, Clint Capella. At number seven, Carl Anthony Towns. Going to get some hate, I'm sure. Uh, number six, Al Horford. Number five, Rudy Gobert. Four, Nikola Jokic. Three, Boogie. Two, my boy JoJo. And number one, Anthony Davis. And now my rankings. And I will say... Real quick, Ricky, you're the most inconsistent person I know because you had Jokic two last year, and now you dropped him all the way to six. What happened, buddy? You were on my you were on my side last year with this whole stuff, and but now he you, bought now in. You're, now you're going after he knows him. Joel Embiid. Uh, 2018, though, uh, let's let's jump into it. In my ten, Clint Capella of the Houston Rockets. Nine, Marcus Gasol of the Memphis Grizzlies. Eight, Andre Drummond of the Detroit Pistons. Shout out to a real one. Uh, seven, Al Horford of the Boston Celtics. Six, Demarcus Cousins of you know who. Five, Carl Anthony Towns of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Four, Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz. Three, Joel Embiid of the Philadelphia 76ers. Two, in his rightful place, Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets. And number one, Anthony Davis of the New Orleans Pelicans, which ends up being our overall rankings of 10, DeAndre Jordan at for the Dallas Mavericks. Nine, Marc Gasol of the Memphis Grizzlies. Eight, Clint Capella of the Houston Rockets. Seven, Al Horford of the Boston Celtics. Six, Carl Anthony Towns of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Five, Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz. Four, DeMarcus Cousins of the Golden State Warriors. Three, Nicole Jokic of the Denver Nuggets. Two, Joel Embiid. I was going to say Joel. Joel Joel, Joel Embiid of the Philadelphia 76ers. And finally, number one, uh, Anthony Davis of the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, You know what's funny? What's up? I looked at this and I was like, this is the first time we're going to get through everything. And people won't be like, he doesn't even play that position. Why are you guys putting him there? Well, no. And then I look at Anthony Davis and Cat, and I go, well. But and well. also the thing that people are going to get mad at is that DeMarcus Cousins is here and Kristaps wasn't in the power forward. It's true. So the one thing that I will clear up with that is DeMarcus Cousins, while they might return at the same time. He might return earlier. He might return earlier. But even if they return at the same time, DeMarcus is still going to get 16 more games than him no matter what because they're going to play and get to the NBA Finals and he's going to be on that team. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is he's going to get those extra yeah, games. Yeah, those 16-0 games. And he's going to be playing in more important games than Kristaps' 20 
at the end of the New York Knicks like season. Like they're going to play 62 games probably without Kristaps Porzingis. You know, the Warriors might play 62 games without DeMarcus Cousins, but at the end of the season, he's going to be playing with them in the most important 16 games of the season. So that's why DeMarcus Cousins gets in. I like in how we're keeping Christoph a hard doesn't. cap of 16 there. Like, we're not even acknowledging there's a chance they could lose. Well, they might. But I'm just saying, <laughs> at least, though at worst, or at best, they're going to get 16. I mean, they could sweep. Oh they have DeMarcus Cousins on their fucking team. Good. That's the best um, thing about that. The one thing I want to address is last year... And it kind of pains me to say this. Mm. Carly Towns is our number one center last year. Who who was right and who was wrong out of that? I was wrong. Dave was right. You still didn't put Embiid number one, though. I didn't. Who did you have number one? Uh, I put Anthony Davis one this year. No, but last year. Oh, last year? Because Anthony Davis wasn't a power forward. Uh, last year, I did. I have to look it up. Uh, Boogie. Boogie. Yeah. Who, so, he was. He was the best center in the league. Anthony Davis wasn't the center. Like, that's that's what happened. Oh, I'm not, I'm not saying why why he dropped, but like again, you like in your rankings, you still yeah. have Boogie over Carly Towns, even yep. Boogie coming off the injury. Yeah. Why do you, why do you have Boogie there, and what what do you think Boogie? Because you only gave him a three a two two spot difference. Obviously, Joel is you know healthier and younger, and yeah. you know uh, it's weird healthier, he's healthier. So, yes, uh, but he is uh, he's he's not coming off an injury. Joel is healthier, yep. younger. Um, although and he's, he's he's more of a focal point on his team. So yeah. I understand the the rankings of why Anthony Davis and Joel Embiid are there, but why is Boogie still three for you? He's a monster, and he does it all. Like the, That's the one thing that I think people kind of underappreciate about his time with the Pelicans because we never got to see like them truly click. Um, you know, He was out for that second half of the season. We saw Anthony Davis really take off, but Boogie's contributions in the first half when they were without guys like Rondo for large portions, he was playing with an even shorter team. And he was doing everything. He was being a volume shooter from three. He was being a point guard from the center position. He was able to go up and body people defensively and contribute and go out and guard people on the perimeter. Like he literally is like the best. He was the best center. That that's he was so good. The problem is that in those high usage, you see more things exposed about him. Which yes, he does have a turnover problem. One year, but you're, when you're asking him to dribble the ball as a point guard. You're gonna have that problem. How know? how is his 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 injury and then also his deficiencies in that usage going to either be helped or hurt by Golden State? I think one of the coolest things about him going to Golden State is the fact that I think this year Steve Kerr is going to let them do more of what they did against the Suns, which is let the players coach a little. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's gonna be more hands off. He wants to keep them engaged. Like that's the biggest thing. After um, he kind of talked a little bit about this uh, when he was on the Bulls. And the getting getting stagnant after winning and winning. That culture is great, but you do get bored during the regular season. And we saw it last year. They they obviously hit their struggles during the regular season. There were some injuries, but like for the most part, they were they were a lock and they knew it and they didn't go all out every game. Mm-hmm. They had some embarrassing games where they were like, I think Philly had like a twenty point lead on them. They just swung right back and won it because yeah. guess what? We're Golden State. Sorry, Jake. I, Jake has talked. That about was a that. great game, though. Yeah, but Jake has talked about that like being a huge problem in his life. I know. I don't think Jake has gone through like <laughs> many. I'm not saying this is a mean thing, but like, I, like I think that's one of the toughest things Jake has gone through uh, is that loss. I remember at halftime going off with you. I was like, oh, I'm texting back, but like, Jesus, are you watching this? Yeah. This is insane. This crap. What the? Yeah. So like stuff like that's gonna happen. But I think that because Boogie has been a one his entire career. Him going into a team where he's not going to be the one. He's not the one they need to perform night and out. I think he's going to get spotlighted at times throughout the season because other guys just won't want to. But I think Boogie always wants the ball. 
I think that's the one cool thing about him. His personality, he wants to dominate, and he wants to talk shit to people on the team and back it up. Well, so I think he's going to get looks. He won't be the focal point, but he's going to get hits. I think one of the things that's going to help him is something that you mentioned is that, you know, teams get kind of sick of winning. Yeah. He hasn't had that taste. <laughs> And one thing, too, is I don't think DeMarcus Cousins is one to kind of take things lightly. No. So he, you know, if they're not, I, I don't see him, in, you know, he, he's taking plays off for sure. Like, he's, yep. you know, he's not there's, hustled there's, back. There's, there's proof. There's definitely there's yeah, video proof. Of proof of that. <laughs> but also, I think DeMarcus Cousins isn't a guy that's going to, you know, let his team be down 20 and be cool with it. Yeah. Like, he's going to turn on his, you know. Anger issues, probably. I'll say, to put it like lightly. the team with the most text just got more text. Yeah, and I think that you know Boogie is going to be able to kind of light a fire in them, which is going to be you know helpful to him. Yeah, I think the biggest downside is, and this is why I put him at six, is not only is he coming off that injury, which is good because he's not going to have to be a number one guy or even a number two guy or even right. a number three guy coming back. Um, but the the one thing that I think hurts him is that it might not help him get into that same rhythm where he was in in, in New Orleans or he was in Sacramento. He yeah, might not be able to get the same the touches. Over and, over. Um, and maybe they'll you know, make a point of it. But I, he might not have those same touches, yeah. especially in playoff games, where he might be taken away um, from the action and he might not be getting the ball in his hands, which might make him less engaged. Um, and we really haven't seen Boogie work off and without the ball too often because even when Anthony Davis had the ball, there were still touches for DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah. His shots really didn't go down coming over to New Orleans. His shots are most likely going to decrease significantly in Golden State, and I don't know what effect that will have on him, and I think it's most likely going to be a negative effect on him. And again, I don't know what he's going to be like coming back into it, and also he's probably going to miss like 60 games this year. So I that's why I, I put him at like six. Uh, and that. You're you're fair across the board with all of your uh, points. I, I talent wise, and when he's healthy, he's top two. The I thing think he's is, probably better than jo- Joel when he's healthy. Yeah, I, I won't argue. But he's the, coming off an injury, so I'd probably put Jokic and Embiid. He looks like he's working out well, but Embiid gaining a healthy off season is huge. Uh, I think that's going to be massive again. Uh, but watching Boogie drop, you know, six threes a game last year at thirty five percent, being you know one of two guys from the outside who could stroke it. Imagine him on a team when he gets a post up in the corner like Ryan Anderson style with nobody covering him, just dropping threes in from the corner. Like, he is going to be dangerous. I think he's still, you know, he had 18 shots a game last year. I think that's probably looking more like 12 this year. But I think the shot quality goes through the roof. I think he's going to be a more efficient player. I think he's going to be offensively great. I don't think he's going to put up 25. Mm -hmm. I think he puts up 18, though. Which is going to be just fine. That's I think fine. I think he'll be just fine with you know like eighteen and nine or something. Is there know? enough ball for him to score eighteen though? I don't know. Because I mean, like they'll find a way. What, what Steph still got to score like twenty five? Katie still got to put up like twenty five. Clay squeezed out his twenty last year, like yeah. in the worst possible way. Is like, Draymond going to become like a nine four and four guy? He was last year. No, not nine four. He was like was nine like, seven and seven, wasn't he? Or I ten seven so. and seven. Yeah. So, yeah. Is he just going to get Dre's more assists gonna, and rebounds yeah. than points? Dre's just not going to score. He's going to go a whole game without shooting just to prove a point. <laughs> like, <laughs> has he done that before? Someone that else has. Like his, his... I forgot who it was. Someone else did that in a the game. They refused yeah. to take a shot just to be an asshole to the coach, and they got benched in, like, the fourth. Okay, that doesn't, that doesn't sound like a Draymond. He's an no, asshole, but I think no, he's, Dr- he's not disrespectful no. to his coaches. God, no. Um, but, no, I, I, I agree. It, we'll have to see how the volume change and the role change affects him, but I think that... The wonderful thing about this Warriors team is there's room for everybody kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like everybody's gonna get their points. I don't think Clay's gonna be a twenty point scorer again this season. He really 
I don't want to say cheesed out his last points, but he really did. Well, and Steph it, was also hurt. It benefited from Steph not being out there. Yeah. So. Um, the other guy we got to talk about is Carl Anthony Towns. Because yeah. we kind of, you know, try to tie we, we crowned his ass Boogie and Carl Anthony Towns together. We did crown Carl Anthony Towns' ass. Um, I still had him at five. He ends up at six. You had him the lowest at seven. Yep. Why the fall from grace for Carl Anthony Towns? Recency bias is a bitch. I watched you look <laughs> terrible in the playoffs. Uh, when your team needed you most, where were you? Yeah. And that's honestly it's as simple as that. Like he I get it. Your 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 whole world changed when Jimmy Butler arrived. You know, it's the Fire Nation attacked pretty much. Like you don't know what happened. Your offensive system went to shit. Uh Jeff T, you know, might not be your dream point guard, but you know, these are the guys you have to work with. And when I see you not giving a shit on defense, it really hurts. And when you start when that starts to affect the rest of the team, the rest of the game around you, it, it's just that's not what you want out of a guy who is your that is your star of your franchise in Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. And when he has that kind of an attitude and when you hear comments coming from Jimmy Butler, and I know No, you're right. There there there's there's some stuff about that, but like just the clean the 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 quick and dirty is, you know, I'm out here giving it my all and these guys are playing video games and not practicing hard enough. Like these are not the things you want to hear about your franchise player. And I can't put him back up to where I thought he would be. I expected you know, we watched him have one of the best shooting years for a big man in history, basically, uh, at, at volume. And we watched him be heroic uh, late in games. Yes, they didn't win them all, but he brought them back in. He kept it competitive. And I thought he'd take that next step. And instead, what we saw was diminished role and uh, honestly, an attitude issue out of him to the point where I'm like, how much do you actually care right now? Because you can't even get angry about this, visibly angry, when your team is just getting rolled and you can't contribute at a level where you should be out there and the thing too is and you talk about his historic performance like yeah. literally this was a historic performance from what Carl Anthony Towns did um you look at his year he shot 50 percent from the field it was actually 54 percent from the field 42 percent from three and 85 percent from the line um with a thousand shots attempted in a game there's 14 <laughs> seasons like that Larry Bird has two of them Steph has one of them Kiki Vandeweghe has one of them. Uh, Kevin <laughs> Durant has one of them. Dirk has one of them. Reggie Miller has one of them. Jeff Hornacek has two of them. Yeah. Uh, Steve Nash has one of them. Yao Ming has one of them. Reggie has two of them. Um, and Mark Price has one of them. Carmathy Towns is also in there. Um, and also, Pretty good company. Yeah, it's yeah. extremely good company. And um, you you also look at like when it's sorted by win shares, um, he is sixth all time. Uh, Kevin Durant, 2013-2012, uh, is above him. Steph, 2015-2016 is above him. Dirk, 2006-2007 is in front of him. Larry in 84, 85, and 87, 88 are in front of him. Outside of that, he's sixth. Um, and also, Steve Nash's two MVP performances are behind him yeah. um, in 2006, 2007, and 2005, 2006. He was incredible last year. But just because you can stat pad, this is kind of like the Devin Booker thing. He was incredibly efficient. He put up points. But you were on a team that was one of the most offense, like highest scoring teams that didn't play defense. And while you have you know, a great amount of efficiency, how much does it matter when you're not really helping your team win games? You're an incredible talent. And although I typically disagree with Jimmy Butler, and I think Jimmy Butler is, is a problem in his own right, it doesn't make his uh, frustration invalid with Carly Towns and, 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 and Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. Um, and I think that there are de- there's definitely truth to his frustrations. And I think that Carl Anthony Towns, again, he needs to mature. And I also think he needs to get away from Tom Thibodeau. And I don't think it's really something that 
is is I just don't think it's the right marriage. Yeah. And I think we've seen two years of it, and I don't think it's it's something that's going to work out. And I think he needs to be in a system, and he needs to be with a coach that he really meshes with to really become that next level player, where he is a guy that can be atop of this ranking at number one, and we can you know not be you know coming back the next year later and being like we crowned his asses because i think his potential yeah. is to be better than joel Embiid. because yes joe on the other side defensively is a monster is a hundred times better than carl anthony towns but offensively it's not really close between joel Embiid and carl anthony yeah. towns and yes joe can shoot from you know three every now and then but he also shoots like 30 percent from three yeah, no, i know i mean cat's the better shooter the, no no one's gonna argue that and he tur- well and i think he's joe's a impressive scorer, down and he's low got more but... in his, his arsenal yeah as well and yes Kat, you know he's better down low but that's also because of his size but also cat's still pretty damn good down low exactly and, and when he's going up against more physical players that's gonna hurt him but also he's still young where i think he can be a guy that can be a next generational scorer but it's just something that he needs to hit that maturity level. He needs to hit that um, ability to get a fire under him, kind of like a Miles Turner. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we've seen that fire from him. I don't think we've seen that strength from him. Um, and I don't think we've seen that leadership from him and that maturity where I think it was a little bit too early to crown him. But it's not dead in the water that he can't come no. back up to number one because he definitely has the talent too. Yeah, he absolutely has the talent too. I think the, the biggest thing that kind of hit me this season was watching – uh, the Timberwolves go from the third seed in the Western playoffs where they looked legit mm-hmm. early in the season to Jimmy Butler's injury and then just a complete lack of ability to win games. Like, I- I'm sorry, you take away their best player, but, like, I've been hearing for the last two years that Cat's the guy, Cat's the guy. You know, Jimmy's good, but Cat's the guy. Well, well where what happened? Your team basically needed a hurt Jimmy Butler to come back from injury early. To drag you back into the playoff picture, so I I think that was the biggest lapse. Um, it was it was a golden opportunity for Cat to prove, you know, look, it's great that Jimmy's here; he's going to help us win. But I'm why we're going to win. No, what we saw was Wiggins stepped in and absorbed some time. Yeah, yeah, that's cool and all, but we can we couldn't win games. Like it, they went back to like. The 2016-2017 Timberwolves. I keep wanting to say Timberwolves. I'm sorry. I have to say every time I say it. Uh, they go back to like that 16-17 team where they lost like 50 games, but you know they were putting up great numbers. And I'm like, that's all I saw. I didn't see you actually become a leader out there, given the chance. Instead, you were just like, okay. You're like, all right, well, I'm going to get mine. And, oh, shit, we lost again. They went 8-11 and 11 in those games that Butler was out. And Carly Towns was still fantastic. 37 minutes played, 25.2 points per game, uh, 54% from the field, 42% from three, 85 from the line, 12 boards, 2.5 assists, 1.2 blocks. But in the end, again, like you said, they needed Jimmy Butler to be there yeah. to win games. Um, and, and again, you could put up a crazy stat line. And this is kind of going back to Dev the Devin Booker, Booker yeah. thing. Again, they're buddies. They um, are. Uh, it's something where you really weren't taking your team to the next level. And I don't think it's it's majority Devin Booker's fault because he's on a really shitty team. Yeah. It can be seen as Carl. Now. It, it could be seen as Carl Anthony Towns not have it because you have Jimmy Butler who's an all-star you have Andrew Wiggins who's a former number one pick you have Tom Thibodeau who's been to finals as an assistant and uh you know Eastern Conference finals as as yep. as, a, as a head, head coach, coach as well um there's talent on this Minnesota team where you were able to at least 
go 500 yeah. in the, those times that Jimmy Butler was out, and you weren't able to do that. And you were still putting up crazy numbers, but you weren't able to be that leader. And I'm not saying he never can be, and I'm not trying to bash on Carl Anthony Towns, but this is the reason why he fell. There's a, there's a lot of things that aren't on the stat sheet. I think that's kind of the realization that, like, as a general basketball fan, you can appreciate stat lines, and they will stand out to you. But the more you watch, the more you find out what's going on kind of behind the stat line yeah. and watch the real contributions to the team – it adds a different value, and that that's why, like, as much as we love him offensively, he's a monster, and, you know, yes, he looks like he could be, you know, one of the best scorers in the league for the next decade easily with his skill set, but he just doesn't have, he hasn't shown us a leadership quality, and he hasn't shown us those intangibles to make the guys around him better players and kind of pull the team together around him. All we've seen is him being able to succeed for him. And I this might hurt Minnesota to Timberwolves fans, but I think the only way we will see that, and I think this, I honestly think that Carl Anthony Towns could be a, an Anthony Davis-like player, where if you are going to build a team around mm-hmm. a five, Carl Anthony Towns is probably my number two pick behind Anthony Davis, yeah. um, because of his ability to score and dominate a game, but I think the only way we see it is if he's in an Anthony Davis-like scenario, where he has players that really complement him and not other stars. Yeah. And I think that either means he needs to leave Minnesota or Jimmy Butler, Tom Thibodeau, and Andrew Wiggins need to leave Minnesota. He needs to be isolated from this, this situation. Is Andrew Wiggins young and has potential? Yes, but he's also regressing as a player. Is Jimmy Butler a phenomenal player and, and top 15 in the NBA? Yes, yep. but he needs to get away from Carl Anthony Towns. And Carl Anthony Towns needs to get away from Tom Thibodeau, and the Minnesota Timberwolves need to get away from Tom Thibodeau. I think if Minnesota wants to do this right and not only make the playoffs but succeed for a long time in your franchise, you need to build around him like he's Dirk. You need to build around him like he's Tim Duncan. You need to build around him like he's Anthony Davis and see if he does have that talent like those like like those players do have. Or yep. if he is just a flop, because I think he has shown enough to at least guarantee or uh, warrant that type of treatment. It's just he needs to be given that opportunity yeah. and then mature as a leader and prove it. Now, I don't think it's going to happen this year. I think it's going to still be Wiggins, Butler and Tom Thibodeau. But with Butler's contract coming up, possibly if this team under succeeds, we will see Thibodeau be moved and fired possibly. Yeah. Butler leaving this team, and maybe they end up trading Wiggins to at least give players that are going to help benefit Carl Anthony Towns. But it's going to be an interesting year for Carl Anthony Towns. Unfortunately, in the meantime, Luol Deng's contract is being <laughs> resolved, and I guarantee you a team interested in him is Tom Thibodeau and the Timber Bulls. Like, their one joke him no away from a full-on Jesus reunion. Christ. I forgot Realize that. that. I thought you were going, like, the fact that Jamal Crawford's not going to be in the team no, anymore. and that's, he's probably that's going cool. to L.A. But, but oh, Luol Deng's coming. Think about that. You're right. one joke him no away. Why they have D Rose too? They have D Rose. They have Taj Gibson. They have Jimmy Butler. They're gonna have oh, Luol no. Dang. Joke him no is coming to oh, town. No. Oh yeah, it's oh, happening. Jesus, be prepared, Christ. Timberwolves fans, because the Timberwolves is for real. <laughs> Thank God Indiana signed Doug McDermott. <laughs> oh, just, that's just bad. Wait. If we buy out and wave Omir Sheik, is Ben Gordon in prison still? Is he in prison? <laughs> I don't know. He wasn't on that team, was he? Uh, no, that was after his time. What's Boozer? Boozer's in the big three. <laughs> Who else is on that team? I'm sorry. That's just like, it just happened today, so I had to bring up the wall. Scal Brady. Brady. He's coach. He'll bring him back. And in the big three. And in the big three. 
<laughs> oh god! All right, let's get to actual basketball. Yeah, um, and let's let's go to the two three discussion of Joel Embiid and Nikola sure. Jokic. Uh, Ricky did me dirty because if Ricky put him up one more spot, Jokic would have jumped. I think probably you know, he needed a couple more spots. Yeah, but Jokic would have been uh, closer in that two three. I put Jokic at two. You put Joel Embiid at two. Boogie at three. Jokic at four. Um, why Embiid over Jokic? He's a better player. Uh, he's he's a two way player. Oh, you're wrong. Oh, you're wrong on that one too. He, he is a both are two way player. He was like number what three in defensive player of the year mm-hmm. voting. I want to say it was top five at least. Um, he is probably the most dominant big man I've seen uh, in a in a bit in a bit. You ever see Anthony Davis play, dude? He was like in a, a nine time wet boy. I know. Joe I, wasn't. Look, I know. And that's because I had to go on like a freaking 76ers like ban internally. You know that shit because I would have talked about him every week. But he wasn't as I great like, as Anthony Davis was every every week. He was very good. Let me just put this way. He, yeah. he is a very good player and the team has only gotten better around him uh, to help him. Basically, their spacing has improved again. Like that's the one thing that hurt them was Ben Simmons didn't have a shot. So he was sharing space in the paint with Ben Simmons. Now Ben Simmons is saying he's working on shooting. They've added more shooters on the outside. They're continually upping that up. But no, like Joel Embiid is a guy who's just a dominant force. He is physically imposing. He runs, he, he just runs the shit down low. Like there's nobody who can really go. I mean, the only guy I will give him credit, Hassan Whiteside can get it up for Joel Embiid. And those matchups are awesome to watch because like, there's a level of hatred there that, like, you know on Twitter they're joking, yeah. but, like, when they're in the games, they're not. they hate each other. Okay, here's the thing, is, yes, Joel Embiid is a better defensive player than Nikola Jokic, yeah. and I will not argue that. Yep. Is Nikola Jokic trash on defense? No. Is he is he great as a rim protector? No, oh. he's not. But he's an extremely smart player, I will give him that, yeah. and he can jump lanes and steal balls and start a fast break on his own. And that's something that Joe really can't do because while Joe can you know get out in front and and you know kind of lead the pack, he throws and, and the ball. He, though. He when throw, he gets a steal, he just shucks it to Ben. He's sloppy. <laughs> Let's put it that way. He's he's a physical. He's more he's more brute. As Michael Scott would put it, Joel Embiid is like rock and roll. <laughs> Nikola Jokic is like jazz. It's something of of art. And Jokic can jump passing lanes. He's an extremely smart basketball player. Yep. And I see him kind of developing into, and this isn't because they're both foreign or all three are foreign. I could see him turning into a Marc Gasol and Paul Gasol uh, type defender, maybe not to their levels because all, th- all you know, the Gasol brothers were fantastic defenders. Yep. Um, Mark was even defensive player of the year. Um, I don't think Jokic is to that level, but I think he can get to a point where if he's on a better team and the Denver Nuggets become a better defensive team because they were absolutely garbage last in year. In what world are they getting better? No, I'm saying they if, added Isaiah I'm Thomas. Saying if if they are able to get better at some point, I think okay. Jokic will be able to at least you know show that he is a good defender because it's tough to be a good defender on a bad team. Um, and I think that Jokic again has shown enough, at least to me, um, you know, creating turnovers. On the defensive end. Now, is he a good rim protector? No. Is he Joel Embiid a better defender? Yes. But I, I feel comfortable Jokic defending, um, def, defend, de, you know, defending, you know, centers. I don't think he's going to be as bad as Carl Anthony Towns, where he's getting out of the way when guys are attacking him. He's not, you know, not aggressive. He's just not ma- majorly strong. But if jo- whatever Joel Embiid has plus side over Jokic on the defensive, the defensive level, yep. offensively, Jokic has that on Embiid. And let me show you this. 
Remember when I said that Carl Anthony Towns was uh, 14th, uh, the 14th player to have a season of 50% from the field, 40% for three, and 85 from the line? Yep. Jokic was 49.9% from the field, 39.6% from three, and 85% from the line. So just not good enough. Barely. Just not good enough is what I'm hearing. Literally, if he hit one... Just not good enough. If he hit one more three, he would have been there. And that Mm. would have put him over the line, and he would have had 18 points on 10.7 boards, on 6.1 assists, on 2.8 turnovers, shooting 50% from the field, 40% from three, and 85% from the line. You said earlier, instinctively... If yeah. you're able to shoot from the line as a big, you have you know massive push. Yeah, Jokic is fantastic shooting from the line. He is an efficient three point shooter. You look at what Joel has done as a as a three point shooter. He has technically per, you know regressed. He went from the same amount of attempts last year yeah, to this year worse. and gotten worse because pe- teams have kind of been able to step no, out on him. him yeah. and he's not <laughs> it's he's not a great a, shot taker. Yeah, Jokic is a smart basketball player who's going to take open threes and knock them down. And even then, he can create space for himself with his ability to pass. That's something that his shot is always going to be there because teams need to play off of him if he's if and when he starts driving to dish out to the guys to shoot on the outside. His offensive game is only going to get better. He's the only big man who can possibly drop 20 assists in a game. His offensive prowess is... Did you just say le- drop 20 assists a game? No, 20 assists in a game. Yeah, yeah. Who In a game. I'm sorry. The, the list of people who've dropped 20 assists in a game. It's pretty long. Really? 30 is like the give, 31's the record. Give, from give Scott me the Scott. last like uh, five years. Like how many people have done it? I don't know. Because I feel like he had 17. He had, I know. Yeah, I know he had a game close. And I know Rondo had, 17, had one. Like, 14, right there too. Rondo had one. I think yeah. that was the last one. Uh, but that was like he's he's gotten close. Like he's gotten 17 oh, okay. assists in a game. Like as a center, I know. it's fucking stupid, Dave. But their their team per possession is insane. Like you do realize that that team just offense. They're they're gonna yeah, put and up the catalyst. Didn't I say they're gonna put Jokic. up like one forty this year? All offense. The reason why they're all offense is because they have a center who can drop twenty assists. His I mean, passing is stupid. His shooting ability is stupid. He is going to he's drop surrounded 20. by amazing shooters. And that's his fault? No, I'm saying to his credit. He can get the ball is, to those shooters because he's a phenomenal passer. Those assist numbers are helped by the fact that he is surrounded by some of the best young shooters in the league. That offense is meant to be up pace, so that way the more possessions, the better it looks. But you can't tailor an offense to the skill sets of your I'm best not, player. I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying player. that you, you have to understand you know, the context of that. It's like saying it's looking at the old NBA numbers where the pace is so high then it makes the numbers look inflated. Uh, real quick, Rondo, December twenty seventh, twenty seventeen, dropped twenty five. Yeah, I mean, I I remember that, game. that was I, we all thought he was going to break the record. Yeah, um, but no, my thing is like again, they tailored that offense to him. Is he on the best offense on a high pace system? Yes, but he is a, reason, he is the reason why it's there. But he's the reason that is able to happen because yeah. if you don't have Jokic, then that offense gets worse. That pace slows down because you don't have five guys running up the floor that can all pass the ball. To each other. Yeah. Like, Jokic is the catalyst of this offense. He's going to put up 20 points this year uh, per game. He's yep. going to drop, you know, grab probably 11 boards per game. And he's probably going to get to seven assists per game and do it all efficiently. Like, I get it that Joel Embiid was close to winning, uh, you know, defensive, defensive player, player of the year. year. Okay. There's no offensive player of the year. That's just MVP. <laughs> and I don't think Jokic, I think Jokic possibly, possibly, 
could finish higher in the MVP voting this year than Joel Embiid was. Because there's a chance. Because Ben Simmons arguably is, is better more player. important to the 76ers he's than the, I'll just say he's the better player. I'll outright right. say it. Well, um, so he's not even the best player on his team. Jokic I know. Is. But he's able to do this. He's able to put up over 29. He's able to grab 11 boards. He's able to dish out three plus assists. Not bad. I know it's not seven, but three assists. He's also out. passing to JJ Reddick, who I will give credit to all of those assists. Um, to be fair, no. JJ is the only shooter. Name another shooter out there. Rocco. Uh, he is streaky as all get out. But Rocco. He's streaky. I'm just saying, like. Look at look at what Denver has as far as shooters, and then tell me, you know. But also, Joe is doing that on three more attempts per game, yep. and doing it less efficiently than Jokic is. Yes. So Jokic is more efficient. But he's getting on his different attempts, but I mean, also he's doing it in like he's he's also dishing out three times the assist or two times the assist. I think Jokic being the focal point of his team versus Ben Simmons being the focal point of the Sixers is the difference maker for me. I think that Joel Embiid, what we saw out of him. Uh, was just pure unadulterated like monster. Like the dude just crushed it down low. There was no player on the court that you didn't want to watch. It was just any game when he was going off. I was like, Jesus Christ, Joel Embiid is just massacring children right now. Like that's what it looks like. I mean, you can take your 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 rock and roll. I get it. Rock and roll is more popular in America, but I'll take my smooth jazz and Nikola Jokic. He's a focal point of the team. Joel Embiid isn't. If you built a team around Joel Embiid. I'm just saying, it would look a, probably a lot like uh, the Dwight Howard days of... Eh? That team didn't win an NBA final. They were close. Yeah, but I think Jokic... I th- you, I'm not saying now. Wait, wait, I'm not saying you now. think giving up 130, they're going to win an NBA final? Because I'm sorry. now. I'm sorry. That team's still extremely young. Yeah. Jokic is like 22. I'm, no. <laughs> Jamal, Jamal Murray's like is 23. You know? I, they're, they're both young kids. They're both extremely talented. The, the difference for me is just... Joel Embiid is a two-way player. He can get it done on both ends. I'm saying and he Yo- is the I'm one s- of the best in the world. Okay, but also defensively, well, Jokic is one of the best in the world offensively. Let's, but let's look at Philadelphia's team. They yeah. have much better defenders. They than, were the best defensive uh, starting lineup in yeah. the NBA. I mean, they, they they have one of the best. It's it's easy. It's easier to be a better defender on a better de- like you have a like the thing is is like okay, Jokic is on a better offensive team. Yes. He's a better offensive player. Yep. So obviously that those parts are going to be accentuated. Yep. Joel Embiid is a better defensive player on a better defensive team. So yep. I suppose those parts are going to be accentuated. Um, I just think it's tough to differ because, yes, Embiid is good offensively, but also it <laughs> helps having one of the best distributors now in the NBA yeah. and having J.J. Redick on the outside where there is help offensively for the Philadelphia 76ers, but there's no help defensively at all for the Denver Nuggets. Maybe Paul Millsap, but Paul Millsap was even injured. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I think Jokic hasn't been able to show his defensive side where Embiid has been able to show his offensive side. Sorry, and he showed Jokic that by dropping, Jokic, like, 23 a game. Jokic has not been able to show his defensive side. On a minutes restriction. On a minutes restriction. You have to remember that, too, for but, Joel Embiid. Points matter. So, like, why, why, does, why does a points matter? Like, like I get it. He dropped 22.9 points per game. But you don't think Jokic can do that? Because also, Jokic is is dishing out the ball more. He has to be the he's Ben account Simmons of, yeah, he's and the Joel Embiid. I understand that, but I'm just saying Joel Embiid, given, you know, 34 minutes a night on a consistent basis, would be putting up, like, I don't want to say his name, but Anthony Davis. No. Stop it. Offensive numbers. Stop it, no. He could put up Anthony 20. Davis is a better ball handler, can drive better, is is, is more weapons in his I'm arsenal. Not, I'm not score. comparing their games. I'm saying numbers. I'm saying, like, the 28 to 32 range 
any given night. Like, I'm not saying the Anthony Davis 50 game because was, those were ridiculous when he was doing that shit. But, like, I think he could put up, like, 27 a night given more playing time and given a team built around him. Like, literally, Jokic has a team that was built around him. Like, can we admit to that at least? That, that mm. I think that's my point is Jokic is what the team is built around. They've got phenomenal young guards outside shooting. I don't know if it's technically built around him because they always were trying to build around a guy in Joel Embiid where Jokic was a second-round pick. Well, they weren't trying to build around Joel Embiid because they didn't know if he was going to play. That's fair. They, they built around young picks. They're mm-hmm. like, any young pick. And Ben Simmons was like the game changer. Mm-hmm. And I know he was picked after Joel Embiid, and we even got to see Joel Embiid before Ben, technically. But like Ben Simmons was how that team was going to be focused around and utilizing him to the best. Joel Embiid, yes, is the leader in points on that team, but at the end of the day, it's how can Ben Simmons run this team and how can we best utilize Ben Simmons in addition but, to Joel Embiid. But also one thing, too, is we, we talk you talk about the point numbers. Yeah. Y- Embiid's usage last year was 33.4%. Yep. Jokic's was 24. Yep. So, I mean, if you see increased usage, those numbers, those points totals, those assists— will go up for Jokic. Um, and I think you also see if, if you know, Embiid's you know, usage went down, that's less shot attempts. It's less attempts for him to get into a rhythm. Because right. when Embiid's red hot, there's no stopping him because yeah. of that competitive edge that he has. Um, <laughs> I, I think where, where, kind of, where, where Joel can separate himself is as a leader as, and, and as a competitor. But where Jokic kind of makes up for it is being a more uh, complete ball handler and being more of a complete ball player. Because he's not going to turn the ball over. And one thing that hurt the 76ers in the playoff last year was Embiid's inexperience. And I don't think that would show. I understand that you know uh, Jokic hasn't been in the playoffs, but I don't yep. think the, I was going to say inex- what's the difference between but, those but two But I teams, don't though. think the experience like the like you throw Embiid in, the lack of experience showed. I think if you throw Jokic in the playoffs, that lack of experience really won't show. Is my point because of the players that they are. Um, Interesting. Yeah. If you I mean, if you have Embiid over Jokic. I understand. I think at this point, I just time, want to make the argument for my boy Nikola no, Jokic. No, it's not like I'm throwing dirt at him. I mean, I've mm-hmm. got him four. I mean, he, I could have him three, but like I'm way high on Boogie because I think he's Boogie. You yeah, know, I, mean, uh, I get but it. The point is, both these kids, 22 and 23, basically. So we're gonna see them battle it out for the next, I hope, decade healthy, and I want to watch them too because I think either one of them. I'm not giving it. The race isn't over by no means. I think that these two guys are gonna be competing for their careers against each other. At the top of this ranking. We go back to the start of the regular season. We had a, a segment, Cat versus Joel Embiid. I won that one, didn't I? Oh, you did. Just a little. You did. You did. You did. You did. I will be saying it to my grave. But I will also be saying that that race isn't over, and I think that we can add Nikola Jokic to I that mean, race. He might be, but you know, so far, one of these guys wins in, has gotten some wins in the playoffs. The other two, not so much. Getting there is part of the game. I think if we're getting there is part of the game, Sean. And you know, one's you know in the right. e- one's in the weak east. Oh my god, get the I'm done. <laughs> you just you rickied it. Uh, all right, final thoughts. Uh, Rudy Gobert. You got your weak east in. Ru- Rudy Gobert. If he was better offensively, would probably be number two. Yeah, he's he's a um, monster, and like the instant transition of that team going from good to great uh, upon his return. Mm-hmm. That team probably isn't a playoff team without Rudy Gobert. <laughs> And they were not only just a playoff team, they were like the fifth seed. Yeah. Um, incredible job from Rudy Gobert. Carl Anthony Townsend talked about, we didn't talk about Al Horford. Al, Al Horford, Horford rich, he's mad great. respect. He, he's fantastic. He, he is on the other side of 30, and yet he is doing everything 
that they need on that Celtics team. On a season where you lost, you know, Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving for part of it, he was the guy who was like, yeah, I'm just hold down the fort, do my thing, and we're going to keep winning games. He's kind of like Mike Trout in some ways where, like, he's not respected because he's not, like, flashy. You know, like Mike Trout's the best that. player in baseball, but he's not the biggest superstar. Yeah, where it's Al weird Horford, that, like, Bryce Harper gets more love than Trout does. Yeah, and yeah. Al, Al Horford's a guy who isn't that flashy, but probably was the best player for the Celtics last year. Yeah. And, yeah. It, you know, Potato gets it. And, you know, uh, Jalen Brown's got potential and Kyrie Irving. Irving but, like, yeah. you know, hey, Horford was healthy and held <laughs> that team down and got him to the Eastern Conference Finals. He defended everybody. So shout out Al Horford. Uh, Clint Capella, uh, I think he's overrated. He might be a product of the system. He might just be the new DeAndre Jordan. I, I think that's all he is, is actually the new DeAndre Jordan. But that's a pretty important thing. I think we've, it's good. I think we've also devalued uh, he the was DeAndre like number Jordan seven role. in uh, the MVP rankings like halfway through the season. <laughs> I don't think we, we devalued the DeAndre Jordan role because if this was two years ago, he'd probably be like top three yeah. because of how much we valued a it's player true. like him. That's true. Um, but shout out Clint Capel. He's not bad. He was he, great. He, yeah. The playoffs. But the was, playoffs. Yeah, he's bad. Yeah. He was real bad. He was less than good. Uh, shout out Marcus Gasol at nine, even though he's uh, old as shit. Um, he's <laughs> still a good basketball player. And if they make it to the playoffs, it's probably going to be you know on it's some him of the shoulders of Mike Conley. Yeah. And they're going to need to you know lead Jaron Jackson Jr., the future of the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, to some bright lights. And I think he can be able to do that. Yep. Um, and finally, DeAndre Jordan. Um, I think he's finally this high got your boy because of the team. He finally got him. He finally got him in Dallas. I think he's this high because of the team. If he wasn't on the Dallas Mavericks, he'd probably be below Drummond and Adams. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. But but now having Luca, He's Dirk, got some good complimentary pieces. I can't wait to see Dennis Smith Jr. and him just throw down left and right. It's like that's, that's a Lob City dunk. Like It's just going to be sweet. Luca running the fast break with Jordan on his right. Smith on his left. That's disgusting. It's gonna be fun. It's going in the net. Like you just know it's going down hard. And it's gonna be Luca throwing down <laughs> free throw line dunks. Yeah, it's just tomahawking it from the free throw line. Let us know your thoughts down in the comments below. Um I miss Ricky. So I Ricky, do too. Ricky, come back. Like we need the takes. Know. Coaches next, right? Or are we on no, six men? we're on six man next. So that's Ooh. where you'll see your TJ Warren Sun fans. Uh God, I was so pissed off. Seriously. Like, all this TJ do you guys not listen? Do you even listen? Like people were like, "Oh, T.J. Warren started a lot last year." I think he started like most of the games last year. Um, they also added a lot more players. They, Ryan Anderson's there for, they, and they, they, they spent like money on wings. They spent fifteen million dollars on Trevor Reza. I don't think they're spending fifteen million dollars on uh, T.J. Warren's new contract extension. Um, Josh Jackson's going to play because he's a rookie. You'll get your T.J. Warren in the six six man rankings, and I'm extremely high on uh, T.J. Warren. So uh, don't worry. Uh, T.J. Warren last year was where was he? He was a uh, nine. And I had him at six. So shout out to my boy TJ Warren. Uh, so we'll get to your your, your six man. Maybe we'll be nice to uh, Knicks fans and put uh, Chris Stops as a six man. Um, I don't think so. No, probably not. Uh, <laughs> and uh, that's about it, right? Yeah. And then we'll get to coaches, and uh, Scott Brooks will be last, and uh, probably Quinn Snyder will be number one. Yes, yeah, so we got coaches, and, and then, then we'll final team rankings and predictions. Final team, rank- and then we get to playoff predictions. So oh, about dude. what September twenty one will be. Yeah, that should line up pretty on playoff predictions. I think so. When does this start? We got like four weeks till the preseason, and the preseason like two weeks. Get so. ready, boys. It's going to be fun and girls. I think we have like a, I think 97% of our audience is men and 3% is girls. So shout out to the 3%. Shout oh, out yeah. to the 97%. We all, it's all one love. And those are going to be fantasy <laughs> basketball coming back. Yes. Fantasy Ricky just did his uh, fantasy uh, uh, football uh, live stream. And uh got to say, Ricky, love you, but uh, Dave and I did it better. Yep. We, we, we were showing the draft, and we'll do it again. Uh, and we'll do a 20-man league. 
Maybe. What did we do last year? I don't, re- I don't remember. We, we had a number. I don't know. Some guy had two teams. Uh, and that was really annoying. That was a little uh, cheesy. We will, we will try to disallow that. So when we start our... God, Ricky's going to hate us because we're just rambling. <laughs> Eight-minute rant out. Uh, when, you, when you do join our Fantasy Basketball League, uh, do, do we want to have separate teams this year? Or do you, do you want to just do the joint I think I think that MVP should only get one. Okay. I want to keep it fair. That's fair. Um, but yeah, we just keep an eye out for Fantasy Basketball because it will be fun and we'll, yeah. we'll do it again. Tons of fun. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins carried us to uh, first place until he got injured. So uh, <laughs> shout out, Boogie. Um, and finally, uh, don't forget to check out patreon.com slash podcast. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes if you uh, do, like rants. Um, check out mostofpodcast.com so you don't miss any full podcasts or segments. Dave and I just did a Khalil Mack Bears reaction uh, segment, which is probably going to be like f- it's pretty four, four days ago uh, when this is posted. Yeah. Um, and then uh, check out uh, the shop and buy some MVP merch. Yeah. That's about it. I'll wear it next week. You wear it next week. I'll wear it next week. Oh, you will? I'll, how about, I'll I always wear it, so I always feel okay. like it's on me. What if I wear yours and you wear mine? Ooh. Are you are you a medium guy or? I think I'm I think I'm a medium. Oh, okay, I could I could rock that. Okay, we'll we're, we'll wear each other's shirts tomorrow. Yep. Uh, next Friday. Um. Anyways, uh, shout out to Z for also being on the Patreon podcast. Uh, shout out Love Jake who will be on next week. Um. And uh, the other boys that typically are on um <laughs> deal with Ricky. So I have no idea. But we have uh, Z on. We got to check that out. Um. And I know we have Jake on uh next week, and he wants to do something where uh we're we're gonna throw out a topic and we just like hot take it. Oh, I like it. It's going to be interesting. I like it. I think I'm going to talk about, like, uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's not, not spoilers. No spoilers. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.